Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, talking the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you Friday on a special episode of Liberal Dan Radio from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the blog talk radio chat room, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio or youtube.liberaldan.com. Either way, get you there. Listening after the live broadcast, you could also comment on the YouTube video thread, or you could uh, leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can support the show by uh, becoming a Liberal Dan Radio Patreon. A supporter, and you that means you can uh, as little as three bucks a month you can support the show, help me make the show even better, or you can make a one time contribution by going to the buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldan radio or just going to liberaldan.com and clicking on the buy me a cider button. And not only will that support the show, it'll give me a little ding in the middle of the show so we could hear it. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, <laughs> and if also you're uh, if you're supporting the show, and if you can't support the show monetarily, of course, the best thing you could do to support the show is to subscribe to the channel uh, to make sure that uh, we could hit that 1,000 subscriber mark. I'm trying to get there by the end of September. Uh, we will see how next Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday show helps out the, that goal, um, but I'm hoping to get 1,000 subs by the end of September, and by that point, I think I should have enough views as well uh, so I can become monetized. So there you go. Hey, Wes, how's it going? Thank you for joining. I don't, I don't know if I've ever formally thanked you, Wes, for the fact that you did buy me a slider previously, but uh, you did so before I installed the nice little notification. So I did want to shout out to you and to Aaron and to Gypsy and everybody else who has bought me a slider so far. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk a little bit just about you know just doing a little housekeeping just kind of we already had a show uh, about it's uh, Daily News as well as the uh, the other 
the other one who who get, bought me a, a cider as uh, the other one. So appreciate that. Uh, Demonox is here. <laughs> uh, couldn't find you. You don't need your USB mic cable if you're going to be calling in with your phone. Demonox, hint hint. Um, you could just call in. Um, so it's fine. Uh, we can uh, potentially see if we're going to do what we've wanted to do for the last few months or year or ever since we had the conversation about, uh, was it the, the first and only time we've ever formed Voltron was when we did a conversation about stonks and GME and AMC and what Robin Hood did and all that other fun stuff. Uh, okay. I understand now. Fair enough. Um, anyway, so I guess the only difference if you're, if you're calling in and you're not using, uh, if you're not able to listen to the stream, you won't hear some of the stuff. If I happen to play audio from YouTube, I don't expect to, but you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> so yeah, so today we we what happened that we talked about, we had a previous live stream the day that the uh, potential ruling was leaked, and we did go over and discuss many of the things uh, that I had a problem with when it came to the leaked ruling, which include the fact that, uh, is that not showing up? Oh, well, or that I need to push that higher if I want it to show up. That's right. So I'll put that down there. Let's put it down, and then we're going to put that a little higher. So you can always turn on the Ninth Amendment whenever we have the feeling needing to bring up the Ninth Amendment. Uh, one of my biggest problems overall with the arguments made by Alito, who I've described as uh, Scalia without the brains, is that you had a, uh, you know, you have him constantly and repeatedly stating that the uh, right to an abortion is not enumerated in the Constitution. And as such, it's not a right. The Constitution doesn't protect that right because it's not a right. And all talking about the ways that we've manufactured rights in this country or whatever. Um, but, you know, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Just and briefly to go over that idea, when the uh, uh, I think it was I think it was Madison, who I mean yeah founders are flawed, but the conservatives who like to quote the founders need to understand what the founders did when they did it, and when the discussion over the Constitution was being made, Madison or some people found it abhorrent that you would have to enumerate any of the rights. They 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 couldn't wouldn't believe that anybody might have challenge the right to free speech or that anyone might challenge, you know, the rights of freedom of press or challenge any other rights, right to bear arms. They would have a big problem with that, that it would, that they would, they didn't want to have to enumerate them, but then people were concerned and rightly so that if you, you know, maybe they should have included some other rights like slavery and not to be a slave, but people were, uh, people were concerned that if, uh, you did enumerate those rights, then somebody might say, well, if these are the listed enumerated rights, then it's an exhaustive list. They might say that this is the only, these are the only rights we have because these are the only rights that the founding fathers enumerated in the Constitution. So they came up with the Ninth Amendment. Ninth Amendment clearly states, let's bring it back up, 
the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights should not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So nobody should be able to make that argument logically uh, because it, it, that argument that they make, oh, it's not in the Constitution, so it's not a right, that's, that's ignoring a whole amendment. That's ignoring a whole amendment. So there you go. Hey, Kinky Streets, how's it going? Um, Aaron, you might want to hold on to your hat uh, because I think I'm going to make a wish come true right now. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Caller, in your smoothest voice, tell us who you are. You're listening to Ninja Shows, host of the Percy Podcast. <laughs> Aaron and chats. oh my God, we now have been joined with the smooth sounds of the Percy Podcast. Joining with Liberal Dan Radio, uh, feet and arms, or arms and arms and head have been formed. <laughs> so just waiting on Demonox. Are you going to be able to call in Demonox uh, to be able to do it? We'll see. So anyway... Thank you for joining us, Nimbus Yosh, the host, my little brother, host most. Oh, <laughs> let's see. The head. I should have I should have downloaded the uh, the the audio of the dun, 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 because <laughs> who is this new caller calling in? Well, I know who it is. Damn it! Oh. Is that, are you still want 413, right? <laughs> I did, I did unmute. Are, are you, have you muted yourself, Demonox? I don't know. I can't hear you right now. So if you're stalking, try and fix your audio problem. We'll, we'll get back to it. Anyway, so. I, I, am I on? There you go. Yeah, yeah there oh, we go. Okay. I Demonox. was waiting for the button to press. I'm getting double audio because YouTube is audio. Yes. So mute the, you mute the YouTube video so you don't so you don't hear the YouTube video and then you'll be able to see the chat whilst involving yourself in the conversation. There uh, you go. There. No, <laughs> should hit pause. Aaron, yeah, four, yeah don't hit pause. Hit mute. <laughs> yes, four, arm, feet four, and four, arms, four, arms four, and legs. Four. Although we might argue about who forms time. the head. So when when you had a pause in your speaking for half a second, I had pressed the mute button, and I thought that I had muted all of the audio on my entire computer. I'm like, ah, crap, but now no, it's poor timing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, again, the last time we all formed and had a conversation was in discussing the Wall Street bets uh, stuff and, and dealing with GME and Robinhood and all the shenanigans that happened with that. Um, and we now have formed Voltron again, unfortunately, for some ridiculous reason that obviously we have to deal with, which is the Dobbs versus Jackson ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade and KCV Planned Parenthood. And so, and we did, I did do another live stream talking about the vast majority of the ruling. Uh, so, you know, we're not necessarily going to go over every single bit in the ruling, uh, I did notice something new in the ruling when I was reviewing it today, which is in a lot of the citations uh, of that, that Alito made, and it's actually, I don't think I have the correct one. No, there's some. In a lot of the citations that Alito made, Alito cited himself in other dissents. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that you, you, you would cite, I know there are times when people have cited arguments made in dissent, but if it's a dissent, it's not judicial precedent. It's, it's something that is, you know, it, it's the people that lost the case. So why are you citing a dissent in order to justify your ruling? Uh, well, we know why, because he's... I know the answer elite. to this. 
Go right ahead. I got a classic example. So I got this friend who always got to be right all the time. He doesn't have an ego problem. He has a lack of ego problem, so he overcompensates for it. So he's not a, he's not a D-bag, but he comes off as one to people who don't know him. Uh, and we were playing Uno, and uh, he was citing some obscure rule. And I'm like, dude, that's not how you play. So in order to um, prove that the rule book was wrong, the rule book printed in front of us, he cited previous games that he had played with other people and how he had, you know, made his rules there. So his, <laughs> I, I think he's doing the same thing. It's, uh, it doesn't matter what the actual stuff says because I made these other rules earlier. So there we go. Right. Classic. Yes. I mean, I understand when playing a game, house rules, but you shouldn't get the house rule of the Constitution. You shouldn't get the house rule of Supreme Court argument. You should have to, again, stare decisis. And all of these people who are appointed by conservative presidents all argued that, oh, I support stare decisis. I support the uh, it's existing law. It's a settled law of the land. Uh, when, when trying to figure out whether or not uh, they should uh, approve Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, etc. Collins was like, they duped me. They told me that they would respect. I'm like, well, then you're dumb. Because anybody who believed that crap was dumb. Because we all knew Donald Trump ran for president saying that not only should the doctors be punished, but the person who was obtaining the abortion should get punished as well. Now, let me be, let me, I was going to make this point earlier, but I'm going to make the point now. uh, Because uh, when I talk about abortion and abortion rights and the restrictions and who this affects, you know, I, I try to be as inclusive as possible to anybody who could get pregnant, which includes women, includes non-binary folks. It includes uh, folks who are uh, trans men and anybody. So basically, when I try and make my own personal arguments about the issues, I will make those arguments and make them as neutral as possible to be able to be more inclusive, to understand who all this affects. Uh, however, if I, am re- and if I am reading something that's that's, but if I'm reading something and quoting something from an article or from a ruling that talks about this, I'm going to quote it as it's quoted. So if I happen to mention something from the ruling or from somebody else's points or a point somebody makes in chat and they happen to gender the, the discussion, then I will quote them. But I'll tr- also try and make sure to clarify that, you know, more than just women can get pregnant. And not all women can get pregnant. There are women who can't get pregnant. But generally, it refers to, this is about body autonomy. And, you know, so generally speaking, if the court can take away body autonomy in this case, or if the, or if the court says that state, because that's more correct, if the court says that states have the authority to remove people's body autonomy in this case, then the states have the authority to remove body autonomy in other cases. And we'll see one example as to why, you know, I, I call BS when Alito... Uh, in, in, in the leaked ruling said, well, this isn't going to affect any other rulings. And I was like, bull crap. You're, you're full of it. You all well know that, that you'll do it again when they challenge Griswold, when they challenge Lawrence, when they challenge Obergefell, um, maybe even when they challenge Loving. And you already got Clarence, Clarence Thomas jumping in, licking his chops. Exactly. That saying that they should consider those other rulings. So absolutely. Right. So, so, but I predicted that beforehand. I don't think anybody's surprised. I don't think that's a shocking prediction. It's not one of the ones to be like, I was right. You know, like I do when I, when I say in 2016, when I, when I said in 2016, if Donald Trump wins, he's going to get to name three Supreme Court justices and everyone called me crazy. That one I'm calling, that one I'm, I'm taking credit for because not many people were talking about that back then. 
Um, but ironic, just, ironic that uh, Steve Bannon also said that uh, the Republican Party is going to take over, and they're going to take over on every level of the legislator, legis, legislation, whatever, and it's going to be like, quote, unquote, 1932. And we all know what happened in 1932. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I mean, it, it said uh, they're going to take take all the power, not give it back, and run the country for a hundred years. Like the dude is straight out of straight oh, yeah. out of it. And people and people will criticize me. And they, we had the show on Wednesday when I was talking about life as a Jewish person, and I was like, look. You know, there are comparisons that can be made to what Trump was doing to what Hitler did. And every, when everyone, every, every time you make a Nazi comparison, everybody is thinking that you're talking about 1945 Nazis. And mm-hmm. they, they don't assume, well. oh, no, sometimes we're talking about 1932 or prior Nazis, like the pre-Nazis, like the precursor to what it was going to be, you know, before they started locking people in camps, before they started doing anything. They still ran xenophobic campaigns they they set up their 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 support by making sure everyone knew that it was lying press the lugan press as hitler would call it so yeah um so yeah it, you know again I, I shared i basically told everyone that who who called me crazy in 2016 to f myself to f themselves because you know i'm sick of i'm sick of i don't want to be as right as i am as i have been i've been right about a lot of things that i don't want to be right about Man. so <laughs> Just, I, I feel that 100 percent and it, it, being right is just hurting over and over because we're it's it's my crazy conspiracy theory that we're sliding into civil war. The stage is being set right now with these with these bits of legislation, and that scares me because I'm not I'm not going to back picking anybody cotton. That's just not right. gonna straight up so it's not going to be like oh i'm just going to have to comply no someone like me is gonna die (laughs) and i don't want that to happen i'm trying to to prevent that from happening you know some people might you know might be perfectly okay living under subjugation someone like me is not i have a huge problem with unfair authority so my health you know we're talking about roe versus wade but my health is also involved in this because, you know, once they start sliding into those other uh, legislations and whatever, I'm in trouble because I have to resist. That's just the type, the Sergeant General of Antifa, that, that's still my title. And, you know, I haven't <laughs> done my podcast in a while, but I'm still the Sergeant General of Antifa. If that happens, I'm fucked. <laughs> and you need, and you need to do your podcast. Hey, maybe you could copy Sorry, and paste some of this stuff. Okay, no problem. Go get your pizza. It's pizza time. Um, Sound like it's pot roast ready. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the first thing I'm I'm saying that the first thing I think they're going to go for is is Griswold, which which is birth control pills, and and I think there's already a state that's trying to do that. I think there's already a state that's trying to say, hey, uh, we're coming after that next. We're coming after the morning after pill. We're coming after. Uh, milk prestrone. We're coming after the abortion pills. We're coming after uh, IUDs. We're coming after all forms of uh, chemical or otherwise uh, ways that prevent uh, even fertilization or ovulation. Uh, because it, 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 that by name. Yeah, and it's an and it's a and it's a, a it used to be the fact. It used to be the belief of science in general 
that they thought that birth control pills worked to prevent ovulation, fertilization, and implantation. However, there is currently no evidence that most of these methods prevent implantation. It doesn't work if you're already pregnant. It won't work if you're already pregnant. Now, there and don't want, and or if if it's already if you've already conceived, if you've already if already if you've already had a fertilized egg, it's not going to work to prevent implantation. Now, there's some that might, like I think the copper IUD might, uh, but most of the other forms will not prevent implantation, or at least there's no evidence that they prevent implantation. And as such, rulings shouldn't be allowed based on what people, quote, believe. You know, that, that was one of my biggest I problems think. with Hobby Lobby. The Hobby Lobby ruling basically said, um, allowed these Hobby Lobby to say, hey, we believe that this happens, so that's why we don't want to pay for uh, these birth control pills and ignoring the whole you don't pay for them, the employee pays for them with their work argument, which is the whole other topic altogether. Um, there's the simple fact that they were allowed to state a belief as fact. And then it's like me saying, I can't do this because the sky's purple. Well, <laughs> I think um, the whole when life begins is the biggest lie and misconception that there is pushed on people because I don't think Christians, if they think about it, actually believe life begins at conception. I think that's something that's been, you know, pushed to them for this crazy numbers game that the more people are born, that's how you, that's how you make more Christians is you let them be born. Because if they truly believe that life began at conception and they have the whole idea of the soul, an unbaptized baby can go to hell. And that's why you have to have them baptized. So that means any stillborn or any, anything, they're condemning them to their version of hell because they didn't get baptized. So I don't think they actually truly ever believe that at least you know at the higher levels when they're pushing this crap out i think they wanted the numbers and they said life begins at conception to scare people into not getting those numbers to drop uh it's it's i would kept wanting to swear <laughs> it's well, messed up occasionally it's la- fine to elaborate on that oh, i'm sorry i gotta interject real quick to yeah, elaborate on that let, let, let's get real let's get real they don't can i curse can I get yeah. down? You can drop a couple. Okay. That's fine. All right. Uh, let's be real. They don't give a fuck about the life. They really don't. You know nope. what I'm saying? Exactly. Jane Elliott took the playbook and put it on the table for us to read, and she broke it down that if they could just outlaw white women, I mean, from having abortions, just white women, they would not give a goddamn about anyone else having abortion. More, more than likely with all the races that's in that party, they would endorse it. They would endorse family planning for anybody except white women because in order to create more white people, you need white women, and you need white women having babies. So you need to and force the Star Trek white connection. women to have babies. Say it again? And hence what the about Star, Star Trek, Trek connection. <laughs> Despite the fact that I don't think Enterprise is the best of shows, they had an episode that was incredibly topical and relevant to now, which was when they they had the Terran First organization and the whole philosophy Mm -hmm. of if there are more aliens on Earth, then it'll dilute the human population. But it was an allegory for Mm -hmm. racism and all that stuff where it's like, no, 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 they're pushing that shit now. Like the whole thing about the Jews will not replace us when they were – I was about to say the the Vulcans will not replace us. Yeah, essentially. So it's the same darn thing, uh, and but they just want, you know, white Christian babies. They just or want the, more. The Andorians will not replace us, and it's all the Vulcans' fault. 
because, you know, yep. replacing Vulcans is Jews. Because yep. they're the one, they, they have and the Jewish sign like this. Leonard Nimoy right. with his, yeah, perfect. Right. But, yeah, it's it's the same math game. They don't they don't actually care. If they did, right. they would have health care. Just like George Carlin said, you know, uh, care about the fetus, forget about the child, care about right. the soldier, forget about the veteran. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what's going on right now. Let, let's be. I miss that old bastard. Real. We do have another real. caller on the line. Look at that. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Hi, this is David, and I'm from Virginia. Hey, David. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. I was just listening in. I stumbled across your show because, like you, I'm I'm really upset, I guess, about everything going on today. And um, I just wanted to chime in because, you know, I I didn't hear the beginning of the show in about the last five minutes or so, but... I want to chime in. Uh, in the in the opinion, it was said that uh, it was based on states' rights. Right. Yesterday, they released an opinion denying New York's the state of New York's right to restrict gun gun ownership in certain cases. Yeah. So it's they, hypocritical. Which is, which is, yeah. This, this was this was the plan. And it was why Obama was denied a Supreme Court pick with more than a year left in office. But uh, they allowed Trump to have a Supreme Court pick in October before he was defeated just a few weeks later. And they rushed in uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, Really, two of those picks were illegitimate. And they just happened to be two of the ones that sided on the wrong side. And I really am disappointed in Chief Justice Roberts because I thought he didn't have a shred of decency being the deciding vote and upholding the Affordable Care Act as well as affirming gay marriage. And for him to be, uh, for him to concur is just, you know, sad, but uh, I do. Well, the interesting thing, let me me jump in real quick, is that the interesting thing, like I initially thought that I was wrong because I predicted that Roberts would not vote to overturn Roe. And then initially when it said it was six to three, I was like, well, I guess he did. But his concurrence, he only upheld he only voted to uphold the mississippi law and like eliminating the little bit of row uh that that basically said you could kind of move the viability back a little bit like you could move it to 15 weeks that's what he voted to support he said that 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 should be constitutional but he specifically said that he wouldn't vote to overturn row so the vote to overturn row was only five to four instead of six to three doesn't excuse his vote i mean he's still i still think that the idea I'm, I'm, my opinion on abortion is that it should be allowed in all cases. It's between uh, the patient and their doctor, and 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 the and the rare oper- the rare because what how they're trying to sell this now when they when they're talking about the the cases that are, or the laws that are now coming into effect, they're like, well, it bans all but a very small minority of abortions which is the late-term abortions in the case where the person's health is at risk or the person's life is at risk. But before this, they try and say, oh, uh, people shouldn't be up. They make a huge deal about all of those late-term abortions, despite the fact that them be like abortions after 22 weeks is 1% or something ridiculous like that. And as you get closer, it's even, it shrinks even more because of the fact that 
the only people who are going to, who are, there's nobody who waits till the third trimester to get an abortion. The only people who get abortions in the third trimester are people who either find out the fetus is not viable, it's either going to die in utero or it's going to die shortly after it, or it, it's born, or there is a severe issue life and health-wise. Health wise. I feel this is a, a, the opportunity to also throw in the fact that, you know, I, I talked about a bunch of stuff on Wednesday about me living life as a Jewish person. Jewish law requires, I mean, Jewish law typically tends to be pro-choice. If you want to talk religion, Jewish law treats the embryo as mere water. Jewish law says that there's some value to the fetus, but it's not the same as a born person. But Judaism also says that if a person is pregnant and the pregnancy is a risk to their life, that they, are not, they don't have the opportunity or the choice to abort. Under Jewish law, they're required to abort. So if you're, if you're a Jewish person who's pregnant, who is facing a life-threatening pregnancy, and you risk it, you're violating Jewish law. So, so if we're going to be in a situation where they're going to start pushing these more oppressive laws to get rid of the, 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 the rest of the fruit that they've gotten rid of, um, I guess I shouldn't use fruit because of blessed are the fruit from the hands may tell, but it's anti-Semitic. It, it, it does not allow Jewish people to practice their own religion. Uh, because their religion requires certain things, and you're now ban- you're now trying to ban it. So, exactly. And here in Virginia, our governor has already. Uh, uh, of course, I mean, we have the shortest legislation, legislative uh, session in the country, as far as I know. It's about eight weeks. Uh, it ended in early March, and then they finalize. They come back and finalize everything for a few days in April. So he's already drafting. Um, a, a not really a bill, but drafting something for them to work on to be the first thing they introduce and vote on when they return uh, to session next year, banning abortion at 15 weeks. And mm-hmm. um, this is just another white man trying to control what, you know, trying to control women. And I just want to bring this up real quickly before I forget. I've got a lot of thoughts running through my mind. The same people crying their freedoms were being violated because they were asked to wear a mask indoors for a year or so are the same ones applauding this. The same people applauding this are applauding yesterday's ruling on guns. And you talk about what George Carlin said. I've always had that same opinion that these people love the fetus but abandon the child once it's born. They love war, but abandon the veteran once they need veterans' benefits. And in my area, coal used to be king, and we have a congressman in a a district with 600,000 people out of the 8.5 million in the state of Virginia. We have 600,000 in my congressional district, and only 2,000 of those are employed in the coal industry. But all he has to do is show up for a campaign stop or a photo op speaks the word pro-coal, and he gets reelected. He's going to get reelected again, even though the gerrymandered district was thrown out by the Supreme Court that now places his home outside the district. He's going to get reelected again because he's got these people in fear of losing coal jobs that aren't there and didn't come back when Trump was president. That's how dumbed down so many American people have became because of wise and rhetoric, and you know, I live in an area that voted Democrat 
Every time the rest of the state voted Republican, the state did not, until 2008, did not vote Democrat for president since 1964 until Obama in 08. And that is the same year, or well, it was actually 2004, that my area switched to being Republican. And 81% of the voters where I live thought Trump deserved a second term, and it was based on lies, and mainly because our congressman lies on a daily basis, and he has 81% of my area snowed. I, I can't believe that less than 20 years ago, you know, it, it, it flipped. We even had we even had uh, an insider who was running the district uh, party and the local party who saw it flip while he was chairman of the party, who put his name alongside Republicans in local elections. That's how twisted. It is in my area, and I used to say I was going to move to Colorado or California. Now I'm thinking Canada's looking a lot better. It may very well be. Now, I mean, one of the two things I'd point out is that um, I'm going to put you – I'll put you on mute for a second. You can stay on the line. Um, We're going to talk about other stuff, but if you want to make another comment, just raise your hand. Um, Two things is that you have – uh, you had people who were hoodwinked who were fooled into Donald Trump's faux populism. I mean, he, he ran as a populist, but no one with uh, their right mind should have believed that he was really a populist. Of course, Donald Trump admitted that he loved the poorly educated. But yeah, and all these people who were trying to, you know, he, he reached out, he was, oh, we're going to bring coal back. Oh, I'm going to be great for the steel workers. You know, he didn't bring coal back. And the steel workers, he, he got, you know, he got all the deals with steel and all the money started going to the top and it didn't trickle down because it never does. And the steel workers were like, well, we're going to strike now because you promised us that we were going to be, be better. We took all these sacrifices so that the companies could survive during the downtimes. And guess what? You, you, you were fooled. You were hoodwinked. And there, there were people. And the thing about like, you know, with, with these, you know, like abortion beds, like, like there were people who, who did the flip to Trump uh, back in 2016, and a lot of maybe suburban women who who just voted, who might have voted Democrat normally, but were wooed by Trump for whatever reason, uh, and they and they were quoted as saying, "Well, we don't believe that Roe versus Wade will be ever be overturned. We don't believe they're going to do this." We and then and then it happened. So, you know, because people underestimate what the Republican Party is willing to do in order to you know maintain control. So we're not so so it's going to be well. Oh, well, they're not going to. Now, now that they've overturned Roe versus Wade, they'll be like, oh, well, they're not going to overturn the, the, the pregnancies that are in late term. They're not going to do that, you know, but you've just seen that they are willing to do all of this stuff already. So uh, I get, I've always said that conservatives, many conservatives, read the, or had the book read to them, The Boy Who Cried Wolf, and took the – and their moral of that story that they, that they heard was – uh, if somebody lies to you, you should keep believing them because they might tell the truth sometime. And that's not the lesson of the story, but that's the lesson that they got. Thoughts? Yosh? Oh, okay. I've got, I've or, got uh, three quick things to say. Uh, one okay. for the, uh, the caller, uh, as far as uh, good quotes on the matter. Uh, I always refrain, uh, go to uh, Edward Abbey, uh, where he says, abolition of a woman's right to abortion when and if she wants it amounts to compulsory maternity, which is a form of rape by the state. So that's 
That's number one, because um, you're, you're basically imposing your will onto somebody else's body. You're forcing their body to go through something. You're taking away bodily autonomy. That is rape. 100 yep. percent. No other way to cut that. That is government rape. Uh, number two, when you said something about the, the Jewish thing uh, with the, uh, the requirements, I was not aware of that. But if I'm correct, the overturning of Roe vs. Wade isn't necessarily saying that abortion is going to be um, illegal everywhere. The overturning of Roe vs. Wade is saying that the court case of Roe vs. Wade was not strong enough to uphold um, right. Preventing but the, my, my concern is that they're going to overturn, they're going to seek to overturn those things as well. And when they do that, it will oh, be, definitely. I think there's, right, that's, that's, that's my point, is that if you're going to go that far with it, and you know that they are, former governor of Louisiana, Bobby Jindal, was a no abortions, no exceptions fool. Um, and there's but plenty of them out there. <laughs> you've got the key. Uh, all you need Granted, I mean, with the conservative judges and all that stuff that Trump appointed so many conservative judges, all you need is a stronger case. So if they were saying, oh, well, the requirements of of parenting is too much or blah, 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 uh, religious freedom is a very strong case that is upheld by the Constitution. If you get a bunch of people, uh, uh, Jewish groups in different states where they're trying to do this, to then take that to the court and establish precedent, and then when they fight it, that brings it up to the next level and the next level until it eventually goes to the Supreme Court, they will have to judge based on the forced religious interference, uh, which I don't think they can um, back down on that one because that would bite their own selves in the butt because they want all these strong Christian values in the country. So I don't know the exact method of how to do it, but I would imagine some widespread organization of people who have those religious beliefs and similar religious beliefs where it's codified into their religion as doctrine, not just, you know, so they can't just smack it down and say, well, that's, you know, your little sect of religion, but like actual codified doctrine in their religion. Bam, there you go. Uh, and then the third thing I would like to say is uh, if there are any uh, AFAB listeners, uh, assigned female at birth, or any other potential people who have uteruses who this affects directly, uh, I would encourage you to also call in to Dan's show because uh, right now you've got three men and another call-in man, assumingly, talking about abortion, which is almost as as bad as make not as bad as you know what I'm saying. It's like it's it'd be nice to have some voices from that side call in too. Yes. I'll say exactly what you want to say because we, we could have formed Voltron a while back on a bunch of, you know, black issues, but in Voltron, I'm the only black guy. So yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Well, there was a conversation. We're having a conversation. Well, I was having an argument about critical race theory on Twitter with V Radio and some of the other folks and the V Radio guy, who's the guy I've been feuding back and forth with or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, on issues. And V and V was like, we should all get together and do a live stream. And I was like, should that live stream? Is that live stream going to include a a black voice to talk about this? Because if not, we're going to have a very non productive one. Of course, the guy took that statement as me saying that only black people can talk about CRT and then tries to claim that he doesn't misrepresent me, whatever. I, the only thing I do know is that the thing I feel better about this particular one, even though we don't have individuals who were, uh, who are affected directly by this decision calling in and you're more than welcome to, 
you do have people in the chat who are uh, who would be affected by this and who who are also welcome to leave their point. Some people are a little little you know overwhelmed by you know the idea of calling in and it's fine. But if you want to leave your comments, I'll, I will you know I will I, I or or Yosh or uh, Demonox uh, will will read your uh, will read your uh, comments alive and we'll talk about your points that you make as well because that's a very good point. And I was gonna you know basically say at the beginning of the show too and I forgot so thank you for reminding me. I do want people who are affected by this ruling to call in. Uh, I do want people who to be able to say, you know, you know, correct us if we're wrong. A, B, you know, let us know how y'all are being affected by this, or how you might have been affected by this if you didn't have the opportunity uh, to to have that choice for you. Um, I have, My, you know, uh, I, when I went, go ahead. My other half also had a a very, very strong point, which is for a lot of them, it it also just might be too soon. They need time to kind of work through and grieve that us men folk have, we have the privilege of outrage and allowing ourselves to actually be angry while they're still, for the most part, a lot of it coping. So if anyone doesn't feel comfortable calling in, I I also understand that as well. It just strongly encouraged if you can. Exactly. And like, what was it? I just forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, um, but the main reason for it, I mean, we're, we're going to, you know, talk about it, rights, body autonomy, where this goes in the future and stuff like that. And we're going to talk about all of the, you know, the ways that it affects people. But I also, Aaron goes, wait, Yosh? I'm like, yes, Yosh, Nimbus Yosh, the host of most of the Percy podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to make sure that you talk a little more because Aaron likes your voice. <laughs> so you need, you need to chime in more. Speak up. Interrupt me. Oh, really? Yes. See, and that's the thing, like, I don't really want to be smooth during this topic. You know, right. I feel you like can't help a little being smooth. You can't help but being smooth. It, it, you have no option. You have no choice. It, you just are. It, right? Yeah. I would, yeah. It's yeah, your nature. I would say I was born smooth, but I wasn't born smooth. It just, I kind of <laughs> got it in the mail a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I would randomly, like, I, when I used to drive Uber and Lyft a bunch, I would have people who would we would have just having random conversations, and they're like, "Do you do the radio? Do you do radio? Have you done radio? Because you have, you have a voice for radio." And I was like, "I do have a podcast, thank you." And then I'm like, "At least at least you didn't say I had a face for radio." So, but I did want to go over I did I did want to go over um, some of the the stuff in the ruling, starting from I mean we're, we're skip I'm gonna skip a whole bunch like. I'm actually starting on page 69 of the ruling, uh, ironically enough, oh, um, oddly enough. Oh, my. Uh, or, the <laughs> nice. Nice. But I, um, no, I mean, if anybody puts nice, it's fine. That's what I expected to do. I, it wasn't my, my intention to start there. That's just where Alito, at least according to what I found, starts talking about the dissent. And that's, that's where the ruling becomes new. That's where the ruling, you know, that's where what we have that we didn't have back when they leaked it. Shouts out to Chuck and John in the chat. Thank you for joining. Um, so he starts off, the dissent argues that we've quote, abandoned stereo decisis uh, at 30, but we have done no such thing. And it is the dissent's understanding of stereo decisis that breaks with tradition. False. <laughs> the dissent's foundational contention is that the court should never or perhaps almost never overturn an egregiously wrong constitutional precedent unless the court can point to major legal or factual changes 
undermining the decision's original basis. Um, to support this contention, the dissent claims that Brown v. Board of Education and other landmark cases overruling previous pre precedents responded to change law and to change facts. The attitudes have taken hold throughout society. Um, uh, yeah, Brown v. Board of Education is one of those clearly examples where you could go against, you know, stare decisis, where, you, where, where there was a reason to because Plessy versus Ferguson was clearly poorly written as a ruling. That doesn't mean that you can just make all these arguments out of the blue and say, hey, um, you know, one, one of the things that Alito has said uh, is that uh, the laws of, of that are, you know, in order for something to be a right, it has to be, it has to be a traditional and like a fundamental right. I'll find the words somewhere in the, in the, in the ruling or we'll get to them soon. Uh, but the idea that we have, that we have to have a tradition of something in order for it to be considered a right is just an appeal to tradition and a logical fallacy. Something else that's wrong with Alito's thinking here is because logical fallacy, you know, you don't base your opinion off of a logical fallacy. You know, the, just because something has been certain way doesn't mean it should be just, you know, Slavery, for an example, you know, we have, we were founded on a tradition in history of slavery. It's not an excuse to keep it. They should have overruled slavery without having to ha have the 13th Amendment because those are violation of individual rights to be free and to determine who you wanted to work for and for how much. So uh, let's see. Court has never adopted this strange new version of stare decisis uh, with good reason. Does the dissent really maintain that overruling Plessy was not justified? No, that's a straw man argument. Uh, here's another argument on the dissent's view. It must have been wrong for West Virginia uh, to overrule minors uh, after three years. In both cases, children who were Jehovah's Witnesses refused on religious grounds to salute the flag or cite the pledge. The Barnett Court did not claim that its reexamination issue was prompted by intervening or legal factual developments. So if the court had to follow dissent's new version, it would have been compelled to adhere whatever that word is, uh, and, and continued the First Amendment violations. Again, it's a straw man. Just because some things are poorly decided doesn't mean that all rulings are poorly decided, or you're just trying to say that your ruling uh, overturning this one is based on one that's poorly decided, even if it's not. So, <laughs> Nimbus Yosh, you're going to make me... Good, I want Aaron to make Nimbus Yosh to come out of hiatus. Absolutely. If, if, if Aaron is able to get Yosh to make more podcasts, then Aaron is my, is my hero. <laughs> there's a there's a ton of people that are making me come out of hiatus, and it's, it's almost time. It's almost time for me to do it. I just get a one person in particular that we both know that we both hate. See if I start talking about that dude, I'm gonna get arrested. That's, I feel <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get arrested. There's gonna be a whole bunch of drama, and and the world ain't ready for that. You feel, if, I feel if, like if anybody's if you get into that dude's but, computer, then uh, right. he'll get himself arrested. Just, just saying. There's a lot of his hyper-focuses no. there. Ooh, I almost said something. <laughs> if anybody should have been aborted, something. it's that guy. We're not naming names. We're not talking mm -hmm. about people. We're not going to poke that there too much. But, yeah. See, uh, I, I'm, I'm done with it. For retroactive I'm, abortion. Yes. Um, let's see, number two, part he of the Alito chart. Nestor abortion. <laughs> Even if the dissent were to correct it, arguing that egregiously wrong decisions should never be overruled. Again, that's another straw man. You know, he's trying to claim that I hate when people argue like this is a very typical extremist argument point. Like he's going to he makes 
he's claiming that it's egregious, and then he's putting it on them that, well, you're, you, you shouldn't overturn it. They don't think it's egregious. They think it's perfectly fine. So to, to try and claim that their argument is that you can't overrule egregious rulings is full of crap. So, so let, let's skip that one, because that one just, again, he, he's putting his own views on them. That's a straw, another straw man argument. Uh, let's see. I feel like Legal Legal might have something to say about that particular thing, too, because I've, I've seen enough Legal Legal to know about how rulings go and what they are and aren't allowed to go over. And they have a precedent for overruling egregious rulings. So, you know, by their own logic, by their own right. logic. Uh, sorry, I know Yosha's phrase. Hypocrisy is a the what? Hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. Yes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Then let's see. Third part. Finally, the dissent suggests that our decision calls into question Griswold Eisen. I don't know what Eisenstadt is. Lawrence and Amersfoort. Let's let's look up Eisenstadt and see what that ruling is. Unless anybody, uh, unless either of you know off the top of my head, I know the other three. Um, Eisenstadt versus Baird. Uh, six to one decision. Stop Baird. What? The Bears? What? Stop Baird. Instead of the Bears. Yeah, the yeah, Baird, yes. Um, yeah. Stop Baird. Did Massachusetts law violate the right to privacy acknowledged by Griswold and, and protected from state intrusion by the 14th Amendment? What happened? William Baird gave away uh, MCO vaginal foam to a woman. Uh, following his Boston University lecture on birth control and overpopulation, Massachusetts charged Baird with a felony to distribute contraceptives to unmarried women, unmarried men or women. Under the law, only married couples could obtain contraceptives. Only registered doctors or pharmacists could provide them. Baird was not an authorized distributor of contraceptives. Uh, in a 6 one decision, the court struck down Massachusetts law, not on privacy grounds. The court held that the law's distinction between single and married individuals failed to satisfy the rational basis test of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. Married couples were entitled to contraception under Griswold. So it's not based on privacy in Griswold, but it's still based on Griswold because Griswold said married people can get it. So they basically said, well, also, if married people can get it, so should single people because it's not a rational basis test. So, you know, even if even if Eisenstadt is, is not directly Are they going to try to ban condoms next? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people who I mean, might like that, but I wouldn't put it past them. You can't make yeah, me use them because the these motherfuckers the are so wily and squirrely. I'm surprised Clarence Thomas actually isn't talking about banning interracial marriage. You know, regardless of who his wife is. Yeah, so that's next because you know it's it's precedent that conservatives vote against their own interests. So it, I would not be surprised at all. Shocked, maybe, but I would not be surprised at all if he will want to ban interracial marriage. My question about that is, my statement about this is this, is that if you were married to Ginny Thomas, wouldn't you do anything you could to get out of that marriage? (laughs) Absolutely. We we don't know what Ginny Thomas does behind those closed doors. She might be a real good cook if you smell what I'm cooking. (laughs) She might be a real good cook, although... She might be a potato. Her her biscuits might be mad fluffy. That's all I have to say (laughs) about that one. But uh, to get to it, Uh, serious 
aspect of it, though. Um, you got to remember the conservatives also just see the LGBTQIA plus community as non-existent or just invalid or bad or evil, depending upon their outlook. But they hate them mm-hmm. to the point where uh, condoms were considered to be only for the gays in quotation, and there was a lot of pushback. Why should we need them? Blah blah blah. And uh, dare distribute them in schools because, you know, the, the, the gay fear thing. And it wasn't until straight people started dying of AIDS that, you know, there was a push for condoms. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to that association of condoms being bad and just outlawing them next. Because, A, you got to get those numbers up. And, B, uh, let the gays, in quotations, uh, take themselves out with disease by their own twisted uh, logic, not my way of viewing, obviously, but yeah, I, I just, I mean, them striking down that Massachusetts one about contraceptives only being able to give out by particular people and only to like married couple, which you know, then they're going to transition into only being uh, traditionally cis straight marriages, which right. I feel is going to be next is they're going to start smacking down uh, non-traditional in quotation marriages. It's just all this shit's going to fall down in a lie. Excuse my French or sorry, excuse my New York. See, how you doing? See, the only thing is that I think Griswold's first. I think I think they're going to go after Griswold Falls. I think first, and I was saying that Griswold was first even before someone today I heard on the news said that there is at least a state who's trying to ban at least some forms of contraception. And if they could, if the state's able to ban some forms of contra- oral contraception, they will then and then it goes up to the Supreme Court. They'll be like, well, Griswold was badly found too because there was no they they found this right to privacy that doesn't exist according to them. They'll make the same stupid arguments that Alito made this one, saying, you know, of inter- ignoring the Ninth Amendment. I'll put it back on the screen. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. That's the Ninth Amendment. Uh, they they don't like the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment is the redheaded stepchild of the constitutional amendments. Um, but I think Griswold's first. If Griswold falls, then likely Eisenstadt falls as well. But I think then Obersville falls as well. And then Lawrence, and then maybe even Loving. I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, you might say, I don't think they're brazen enough to go after interracial marriage. But I think they are. are. People I mean, who, Texas they are but, no, they are. They're, they're willing to do anything that will... You know, they want the electorate to be as old as white as possible. They're not going to, they don't want to, they want to do things that are going to prevent black people from voting. They're going to do things that are fit other minorities from voting. They're going to, you know, hell, they might go after, you know, ways to prevent women from voting. I mean, I don't hold that back. We're both in West Bank, noisy neighbors. You know what I'm saying? And you could just go in there and see how many of those people want people like me going back picking cotton. All right. There is, do not underestimate the racism and the overall problematic state of the conservative fascist party right now, straight up. If you this, – this app called Newsbreak, I think that's what it's called. It's called Newsbreak, right? And it's like almost completely unmoderated. You should see how many conservatives are in there that, I mean, want people like me picking cotton, want people – from Mexico, deported directly back to Mexico, Mexicans that are actual, like, natural-born Americans, um, people of Mexican descent to go back to Mexico. They, they, they want 
they want women barefoot pregnant in the kitchen making more little white babies to perpetuate white supremacy. Again, do not underestimate the no, problematic never. state of the conservative party. They, they will give them an inch and you, they'll think they're a ruler. Straight up. Oh, wow. I've, I've usually heard give them an inch and they'll take a mile. I haven't heard give them an inch and they'll think they're a ruler. I like that one because that's like a play on, that's a good play on words. I like that. Exactly. That, that's a good one. That's why uh, Yosh is the lion head. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I, fair enough. You know, I have the shirt with the lion head on. But yeah, one of the things, before we move on to the, to the next part of the ruling, because this is the end of his conversation about the, about the, um, about the dissent is that, you know, it, earlier, um, uh, Julie can give the phone number in the chat in a second, Bill. Um, but one of the things that even before the dissent came in, uh, or Aaron, thank you. Uh, what is that even before the dissent was, was posted and, and listed or whatever on the ruling, you had Alito talking about, well, we, it doesn't mean he, he anticipated, I guess, people saying, well, what about Griswold? What about Lawrence? What about Oberspell? And he and he and he he made it a point to say, I'm going to make it a point to say that we're not going after this. And you know what makes me think most that they're going to go after that is because he had to make it a point. But we're not going to do this. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like the idea that, you know, that he, it's in his head. He already knew it was in his head and we know it's in his head. So he had to be like, trust me, <laughs> trust, believe you me, I am not going to do this. And I'm like, I don't trust you further than I can throw you. So. Uh, yeah, so there's that. But that's pretty much the end of the ridiculousness of the, let's see, what, let's see. The right to an abortion cannot be justified by a purported analogy to the rights recognized in those other cases or by appeals to a broader right to autonomy. What? Uh, it's hard to see how we could be clearer. Um, you're clear. They're clear, all right. And just Justice Thomas is the one that said the, the quiet part out loud. Uh, moreover, even putting aside that these cases are distinguishable, there's even a further point that dissent ignores. Each precedent is subject to its own stare decisis analysis and the fact that, but here's the thing. Yes, each thing is based on their own stare decisis analysis, but the people who are deciding whether or not stare decisis applies to Griswold or Lawrence or whatever have already said that the central core ideas that were behind those other things were also behind Roe and they feel that those are poorly founded. So because the because that's why we're 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 afraid or we're confident that y'all are coming for those things next. So um, I didn't I didn't really scan too much of the of his talk about the concurrence, but let's do a reset of the show. Liberal Dan Radio Talk from the West. That's right. Uh, we usually come on Wednesdays 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio and here on YouTube. Uh, we're doing a special episode today about the Roe versus Wade being overturned, or as I call it, Roe returned. Um, if you want to call in, 914-803-4131 uh, to support the show, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, uh, share it with your friends, share other videos with your friends, become a Liberal Dan Radio patron uh, by going to patreon.com slash liberaldan. Uh, yeah, for as little as three bucks, you can support the show. Or if you want to do a one-time contribution to the show, you could buy me a cider. Uh, click, go to liberaldan.com, click the buy me a cider button, or go to 
buymeacoffee.com slash liberal Dan. That link is in the chat, and you could contribute during the show and make me smile whenever the little ding comes up. Um, and again, of course, if you can't afford financial contributions to the show to help me get grow up, get better, uh, you can also always subscribe to the show. That's the best thing you can do. Watch some videos, share videos you agree with, uh, let everybody know that you like Liberal Dan Radio and they should too. Um, you could also uh, find uh, the the world according to Knox and the Percy podcast. Uh, both have their own podcasts, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll. Uh, is there an official website for you, or do you just have to search for the world, the world according to Knox? Um, see, I'm kind of, I'm kind of trying to rebrand my site. Uh, okay. My coworker today was like, I can't find your podcast. So what is it? World according to Knox. Is it on Apple Podcast? Yeah, it's on Apple Podcast. I can't find it. Type in an exact. So, so I'm going <laughs> to try to transition World According to Knox into progressive pop culture, which has two keywords in it as the title, so I feel like that might help me with algorithm a bit. Um, I right now, the only site I kind of have is more like a, it's a site in building progress with almost nothing on it, because I need help building a website. Yeah, I could probably help you with that. Talk, we could talk about that. Let me help you with that. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we, we can do. Um, and i got to put my Buttercillo affiliate onto my website somehow, so I don't know how to interlink the two things, but yeah. I'll help you with that as well. They're comfy. <laughs> Anyway, so and then uh, the Percy Podcast. Do you still have the Twitter account for the Percy Podcast? Oh, Lord Jesus. Like, I've been trying very hard to stay away from Twitter except for porn. So I still have the Percy Podcast on Twitter. You're still there, and they can find your anchor podcast via via that account, right? It's linked to that what link. Do you mean except for porn? There's, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Have you ever, have what you ever seen there? porn on Twitter? It's amazing. What do you mean except for porn? That implies there's an alternative thing there. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, okay. No, no. I don't. I don't go on Twitter except for porn. That's that's. I've 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 told myself, hey, you know, because it's like it, Twitter. It wasn't necessarily an addiction, but you know, I get on Twitter and I see somebody making an incredibly. I wish I could find a screenshot off the top of my head right now, but there was a guy that said something along the lines of, uh, you know, revoking abortions is way more of, uh, it's way more important than it was to revoke slavery. You know what I'm saying? The saving lives of unborn children is more important than uh, freeing the slaves. And like I, I saw that, and my initial reaction, because everybody everybody know how I'm is. I'm the third Billy Goat. I saw that, and I'm like, no, I'm about to curse this dude all the way the fuck. Oh wait, wait, wait. I'm not supposed to be saying anything on Twitter. You know, I'm just I'm just here for the porn. Let me just go ahead. You know, and you know, go into the little nudie boobs or whatever. Because if I get the, if I would have gotten on him, especially on my secret porn account, if I would have got on him, I would have exposed myself. Then I would have logged on to Nimbus Show. Then I would have logged on to the person podcast. And then I would have been knee deep in Twitter again. And then I would have had to encounter one of our biggest fans. And then I'm probably going to go to jail. I'm missing a sound bite that I should have had because after you said something about exposing yourself, I should have said the Ghostbusters and you don't want us exposing yourself and uh, exposing ourselves. <laughs> 
And I'm also I'm also reminded of uh, was it Avenue C with the, the internet mm-hmm. for porn. So yeah. Grab your dick and dab Avenue Q. <laughs> All right, we don't have to sing the whole song. <laughs> we can but we can we can we can drop we can drop. We have to be dirty. Right. You said so, that twice. Uh, and I'm, person, still not, I'm, I'm still not. I'm still not following. We're going to get to that in a second, but um, <laughs> when I get back on, you know, temporarily, uh, you can reach me at the Percy Podcast uh, on Gmail. Like that's that's my email. That's what I'm going to start going by. And when I okay. get the courage to get back, you know, just you know, for the Percy Podcast, I'm probably just going to be exclusive on the Percy Podcast Twitter. Because if I if I get down with politics, you know what I'm saying, and I get down on my main account that's on there, it's it's gonna get real ugly, you know what I'm saying. But the person the person podcast got to come back soon, man. I'm starting to miss it. I'm on the podcast right now, and I'm starting to feel my mojo again. So and Aaron, Aaron might leave feel, you for me. You might have a moderator. Aaron might leave you for me. I didn't I didn't know Aaron was with me. I'm I'm kind of mad. She I told you that there was me. that there was somebody who heard the commercial. I said there was somebody that heard your commercial, and they were like, "Who's that?" <laughs> Man, she ain't, she ain't call me. She ain't bake me no biscuits. Nothing. Are we using biscuits as a euphemism again? Anyway, we do have a caller on the line. I think it's Bill. Bill P. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on, Bill? Hey, what's going what's going on? Yet? Yes. What? Well, uh, as you know, I teach at a Bible college. I told you that before. I also teach history, and uh, I took two years of political science. Um, and I'm angry because um, this Supreme Court is a fraud. We have uh, six members of the United States Supreme Court that need to have the Justice Department file formal charges against them for lying under oath to Congress and remove their asses from the bench. Kind of hard to make rulings on the bench if you're in jail for for perjury. Well, if they're removed for lying from office, they'll be removed from holding government office forever under the Constitution. Right. Well, that I mean, I think, but I don't know. If, I don't know if they could only be removed by being impeached or not. And then, of course, with impeachment, you need two thirds, which would not happen under you never this. Get that. I mean, nope. Even not going to happen if with we this want every one. Seat, even if we want every seat available, and we would take it to sixty, you would never get sixty-seven votes. Um, right. To do it that way, we can't expand the court without sixty, at least sixty votes. Uh, or do away well, we, we could nuclear option that out. We could nuclear option to to get it with a simple majority because the filibuster is almost they, dead they anyway. Yeah, but no, 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 no. They wouldn't let Roosevelt do it with it when he got rid of the nuclear option in 1937. You need to go look at history. He tried to do it with a simple majority, and he couldn't do it either. Even even after they got rid of the majority, I mean the filibuster, they wouldn't let him do it. I think there was. I think he tried to do it differently. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you had the political science education, so you probably have more than me on that. But um, I'm trying to look that up. But so continue on with the other points as I look that up. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, they they looked right into the eyes of the American people, every single one of them that were confirmed on TV and lied. I mean, they just straight up lied um, and said that it was case law. 
and right. couldn't be changed, and then they turned around and changed it. Uh, and what's really the, the um, hypocrisy of the whole thing is yesterday, they said that states do not have rights when it comes to guns, and then today they say states, uh, I mean, it just they just flip-flopped in one day, in less than 24 hours. Um, they took away the state's rights to regulate firearms, and then they turn around and regulate women's rights to do anything. And I'm telling you, uh, you had a call, a call in a few minutes ago about going after same-sex marriage, uh, contraceptives, and uh, interracial marriage. I'm telling you, they'll take us all the way back to the 1800s. They'll take away a women's right to vote. These yeah, well, that's what are, I said. These people, are, these people are nuts. Yep. They will do whatever they can to keep hold of power, and they've stopped being shy about it. Like they, 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 they've started. Uh, more of them are starting to say the quiet things out loud, just like Thomas did. Um, oh yeah, but see, the thing is, even if Thomas was replaced on the court, which you know, um, even if it happened through his wife and her little shenanigans with the QAnon crap, um, but even if they replaced Thomas. Even if Biden got a pick and put someone on there, then you, you would still have a five to four majority the other way. And if, if people don't think they'll go after uh, women's rights, they're crazy. I mean, they, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, it, this is just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, and I think anytime uh, you see anytime you see a conservative making the argument, well, they're not going to do that. Or even if you see somebody who's a centrist or a or someone who claims to be on the left. Make the well. They're not going to go that far. Just there, there needs to be that that you know that meme where it's Batman smacking Robin. Just, that just needs to be shared. Just they're not going to change. Yes, they will. Just, yes, they yeah, are. They're going to do it. And it's always been that way. Yep. It's the inception of this country. I mean, uh, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson very well knew that. Um, I had someone trying to insult my intelligence the other day about Virginia state law, and I said, "Look, I grew up in Virginia." Uh, the very law that I studied was the foundation of this country. I know how things were handed down. Uh, there was uh, some idiot, some idiotic moron. I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene said that Donald Trump gave more, gave up more than anyone to take office because he had so <laughs> much money. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were the two richest men in the United States in the history of this country. They owned more land than anyone. Uh, right. George Washington and Trump didn't well give nothing up either. Yeah, and he gave up. He gave up his. Uh, he gave no. He did give up wealth. He gave up all the land that his family owned in in England. Well, Jefferson and when, or Washington uh, or whatever. Uh, he was talking about uh, Trump. Trump yeah, didn't give Trump, up anything. Trump didn't give anything up. Yeah, he, he pretended to pass it off his kids. Right, right. but he, he didn't even yeah. pass it to his kids. He still made money off of his hotel. Right there in Washington, he booked the people to come in and had the meetings that normally would have been under the uh, on the phone, or he would have gone to their countries to visit them. They came over and stayed in his hotel, and he made hundreds of thousands, well, hundreds of millions probably of dollars throughout his hotel chain, billing it to the government. And, and, yeah, not, and not just the people coming in, Mar-a-Lago. There was the Scotland place. They he they diverted uh, an airplane for the air force or for military or something to go to land in the Scottish airfield that wasn't really equipped to handle an airplane of that size just so they could stay at Trump's, uh, the Trump Scotland resort or whatever. He diverted so much money, federal money, to these 
to all of his properties, so making the amount of money that he supposedly donated uh, to charity, which still counted as income and then, a, and then a donation. So he still was able to write things off. He was able to get this and write it off on his taxes. So, you know, he basically grabbed like, government and, and shook it upside down and tried to get all the change out of it like a couch. Right. right. Let's assume that Trump is a billionaire, okay, because that that jury is still out literally. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was only making $300,000 a year as president. That's a drop in a bucket to the to a billionaire. Try finding Elon Musk, $300,000. Who's going to laugh at you? That's pocket change to him. Right. Okay. This was pocket change to Trump. But you have the conservatives that are all like, oh, well, he donated so, he, his whole salary to the, to the veterans. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I can, donate right 50 cents to, right, I can donate 50 cents to the veterans too. You know what I'm saying? That's right. about how much, right, know, exactly. how much effort that takes. So it, 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 yeah, I, look, I, scandal. I uh, look at his family scandal with, the, uh, with St. Jude. Uh, what happened yep. there? I mean, help out. Mm-hmm. He made he, he took thirty uh, percent of the money that was raised. It was supposed to go to St. Jude. They put it in their pocket. Was that the that's why they can't, that's why they can't run a nonprofit in New York for ten years? Yeah, I, I briefly felt bad briefly for Eric Trump because at one point, one solitary point in his life, he tried to do a charity, tried to do it for good. And then Don took over and was like, no, 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 and totally screwed everything. But since that moment, Don, Eric Trump has never tried to do a legit charity ever since, and he's followed in his daddy's footsteps. So uh, any feeling bad I had for a moment is long past. Well, Eric Trump gaslighted people. He went on Fox News and won sympathy there. Oh, yeah. You know what sympathy is in the dictionary, right? It's between shit and syphilis. So, you know, I don't feel sorry for these people at all. <laughs> Yeah, I wow. had a momentary brief instance of compassion for half a second, and then they just put like, yep, 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 that's why. That's why you don't for these people. That's why you don't. Well, it's like, you know, the whole thing with everybody, everybody like with Liz Cheney, and you know, it's a Cheney. And I guess, you know, there are, there are people who are, I guess, giving, you know, Liz Cheney a little bit too much, you know, praise, I guess, that, you know, I, I've disagreed with, again, V-Radio on his assertions about, how many people are doing that, but I just, I just had to tweet out something today because it was like, look, for all y'all people who are, you know, rightly giving praise for her doing the right thing with the January 6th committee, remember she's a Cheney. Remember she is an extremist, conservative, right-winger who loves the fact that the Supreme Court did what they did today. She loves it. Liz so the- is a wall calendar. In the same way that a broken clock is right twice a day, um, but I don't give Liz Cheney that much. She's a wall calendar. She's just right the the one time. That's it. And you pass it and it's gone. And it never happens again. That date never happens again. She's a wall calendar, not a clock. Yep. Well, I don't see any of them, th- you know, uh, offering to go uh, pheasant hunting with her father either. <laughs> no. I mean, that, that might have been the only good thing Dick Cheney did. <laughs> Off one lawyer. <laughs> He will, he will bust shots at his own friends. That's, That's how we get gun control laws. You need to know about Every them. single lobbyist in favor of like not doing gun control, you just have them go on hunting trips with Dick Cheney, and then suddenly they'd be like, shit, we got to put this stuff under lock and gates. <laughs> mm-hmm. And those are little bit turkey guns with bird shot. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, this, this, this whole situation was topsy-turvy, and, and I was just discussing with my son a minute ago um, – 
there was a reason they dropped this on Friday. You know, the big bombshell yesterday about the new video coming out by Eric, um, what's his name, Holder? Uh, uh, is that his name? His name's Holder. Alex Holder, I'm sorry. Um, uh, but that bombshell dropped, and they're like, what the fuck is this? You know, none of them knew what it was. And um, so the next day, they try, every time something major pops in this thing, they, they drop something new to c- try to cover it up or take it off the front page. And it, it, it shocking off very well. They just dropped yep. it right off. And, uh, um, strategy uh, shocking all these and it advertising originally. Is that the one where like they were trying to say uh, Donald Trump wasn't controlling any of the editorial things, and then you see the video of him like saying, "No, put the desk next to me with the water. No, take the desk away with the water. No, bring it back, but take the white thing off the water." Like completely, uh, completely just uh, you know. Controlling everything. uh, It was a strategy that was used um, with the idea of network television, and they would uh, advertise based around news segments, and they would get more viewership by having the the shocking news right before the commercial break. Then you were more likely to purchase things from that commercial break, bringing the network more revenue. Um, That was a psychological technique, and I think it was done by the same guy who – oh, I can't remember the ad campaign that he figured out. He's definitely going to be taking notes on how to make more money on my podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So um, so basically they're using that in news now and also politics. Politics are going, okay, we're going to drop something, and then it's going to stun the public and then make them more susceptible to either A, believe something, or B, not be able to react to the next thing properly. So it's one after the other after the other. Shock and awe. Our our psyche can't handle getting outraged at this many things at once. So we're going to pick one and focus, and that's it. Wasn't there a meme about, you know, something like that where, like, there there was a bunch of Ukrainian war footage, and then it went straight to Applebee's? I think so. Probably, yes. So, yeah, that makes a whole bunch of sense. One was a a, a Viagra commercial. Wow. Well, you know, I, you know, that's one thing that the Republicans won't ban. Uh-huh. They need they it. They won't ban Niagara. They need yeah, they, they, they definitely want to lower the age of consent. Without them blue pills? Come on now. <laughs> I don't know. Lower the age of consent to cover the... Uh, was it Al Gore that was right. promoting it? And they don't like him, so... <laughs> right. Well, Al Gore made the internet, and they didn't like the internet. Yeah. And, and Al Gore's all the about the environment, so conservatives really don't like that. We keep cutting off poor Bill. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> yeah, they, they keep bad, lowering man. the age of consent. They, you know, they say they they honor, they they just honor the sanctity of life, but they continue to lower the age of consent, and they want to make sure everyone oh. has a gun. You know, uh, what was Roosevelt wanted a chicken in every pot? One of those guys, I don't know which one it was. They wanted a chicken in every pot, and, and they wanted juvenile available for every pervert politician and preacher in the country. Man, I that's believe a, that's a conspiracy theory that I'm going to. But that's the thing, though. The well, interesting thing is that they are so yeah. loud about they're so loud about PizzaGate. They were so loud about you know the fact of all the supposed people grooming children in schools. You know, the ones who are the loudest about it tend to be the ones who are the ones who are guilty about it, just like Louisiana Senator David Vitter. He was talking about, well, if people cheat on their spouses, they should resign. And then who cheated on their spouse? David Vitter with a hooker. Like, Interesting that all these red states are specifically 
not even allowing the acceptance of uh, rape victims, uh, incest victims, and pedophilia victims. Specifically, they're not even exempt from the uh, the abortion rules. And it's like, it's interesting that you guys are screaming about this being a problem. It's on your minds all the time. Like, you're thinking about right. it constantly. And also, you're That's protecting... why Matt Gates... <laughs> yeah. That's why Matt Gates wanted a... Uh... Wanted a pardon from the beginning of time to cover up his ass for what he was doing with his teenage girls down in Florida. That's a fact. Yep. Literally. That's important. Has- and, and, and the whole thing about wait, let me let me find that Matt Gates quote. I do have this. I do have some. I do have a Matt Gates quote that was very um, shady. Keep talking. I'll find it. <laughs> there. Well, here it is. As you guys can see, uh, I've got my, my helper Nestor here. I'm at my parents' house uh, out in Walton County. Uh, we- I have my, my helper. Like, what? What were you trying to say that you, uh, that you first tried to say it now and you turned into helper? I mean, what was that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, well, wow. then he goes on Tucker Carlson screaming about, Tucker, you were at the dinner with me when I was with my female friend. I, I remember watching the clip of that on the Colbert show where he's like just yeah. pointing out the hilarity of that statement. It's like, I, I had I didn't get to see it because I, I try not to pay attention to Tucker or any of those people. But if I'm going to have to watch that horrible swill, it's going to be with at least a bit of a comedic spin because my brain cannot tolerate that level of just, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, oh, a side note: if you ever want to want to be just feel sorry for a guy, go follow the Twitter account of Matt Gertz, G-E-R-T-Z, I think, because he that poor guy he 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 just gets all oh like everyone tags yeah. him in posts, and it's just I feel so bad for him every time something in the news comes with like he even like Matt Gates came out with something, and then I I, I immediately went to Twitter, and the guy was like, oh God, please help me. Just because he knew that he was yeah. going to get inundated with tags of "you should have been doing it," but I'm not him. I'm not him. Stop it! I'm not him. It's, I feel so bad for that guy. That is quite unfortunate. All right, Bill, do you have a final point? I mean, I could put you on hold, but I want to give you a final chance to make a final point before we go on and continue talking about the ruling. I don't know. That's all. I mean, you know, I, I just hope that. Uh, uh, common sense prevails this weekend and moving forward into next weekend, 4th of July weekend, that a lot of riots don't break out and um, people go to the ballot box uh, this fall and do their level best to put some of these asses out because if they don't, we're in real trouble. I'm in a mixed marriage myself. So, uh, you know, um, my wife and I both fully understand what's at stake here. Yep. If uh, we and, see you in the six o'clock news, we will vouch that you were here. We will be your alibi. <laughs> you were on. We will then video. I'll be here. Both. I mean, there's no way. Uh, I'm not a violent person. Of course, I have served in the military, and I know how to how to repel you know violence. But if that's if that's the way they want to go, but uh, you know, uh, it's sad what, what we've come to now. I re- you know, it's really sad. And uh, you folks just hang in there. Um, I'm like, at least one thing President Biden said today, uh, we can, this is not the end of it, we can stop this. 
Yeah, we ha- we have. I mean, we have to. It's it's not the end, and we can stop it. But it's also we have to recognize that it's not the end, and if we don't act, it's going to get worse. It's going to get very worse. That's right. But again, thank you, Bill, Why for calling. I'll, I'll, I'll appreciate you, Bill. Thank you so much. I again. Um, you know, if you want to stay on, if you want to press one, if you have another point you want to make, if you just want to stay on hold, it's fine. Um, just, just raise your hand up and say, Hey, I have another point to make on this and we'll bring it back in. Um, or you can call or you can hang up and call back in and just watch online too. Either way works. Anybody else wants to call in is 914-803-4131. It's 914-803-4131. This is a special episode of Liberal Dan Radio talking about that's right. We are going over the fact that Roe versus Wade was overturned today officially uh, and going over the ruling and making some other uh, comments about uh, just conservatism in general and the problems that, that are going to be faced into the future um, on the show, of course, with me, joining me. We've managed to form Voltron. Uh, we have Nimbus Yosh, the host of the most from the Percy podcast, and Demonox, not only uh, with his own podcast, The World According to Knox, but the first Liberal Den Radio patron. Uh, shout out to all the other people who have supported the show as well via Patreon and and or via the buymeacoffee.com slash liberal Dan link. So back to the thing. Um, he, I, he did talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, the concurrences. Um, let's see. Roberts. Um, let's see. Roberts wanted to leave it for another day, whether or not to reject the right to abortion. Um, and he only, because Roberts in his, in his concurrence only concurred with the, part that dealt with the Mississippi law in and of itself, but did not overturn, uh, that did not overturn Roe. Of course, Alito has a problem with this. Um, it's revealing, let's see, there's nothing else was recommended by either party uh, as we've recounted, because basically you had the people who were defending the Mississippi law said you have to overturn Roe if you're going to protect this law. And you had the other people who was like, you have to overturn this law because of Roe. So nobody was making the arguments do what Roberts wanted to do, which could very well be one of the reasons why it happened. But we all know it was because it was going to be 5-4. We knew it was going to be 5-4 that was overturning Roe. I said it was going to be 5-4 overturning Roe because even though Roberts in the past has gone against stare decisis, I think there might have been even been a case, cases or article or, or a video on the news that showed that he might be the worst person when it comes to overturning stare decisis recently at least on the topic of abortion, he had been. Wait, what, what, whose who's radio is on? Is there something's on? Okay. Okay. No problem. Anyway, so um, recently he has been somebody who followed stereodecisis to the point where when the Texas law that would have allowed people to become bounty hunters and, and – turn in their neighbors for having abortions and get $10,000 as a bounty for people having illegal abortions. He voted to support that law um, and he voted and he lost. And then a year later when Louisiana's law came up, which is the exact same law, uh, he sided with the ones that overturned that the Louisiana law, basing his opinion on the fact that just a year prior he had the, the that case had lost in the Supreme Court as well. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Chris, one of the other liberal Denver patrons. I'm sorry. He's going to throw a pumpkin at me if I, if I forgot to mention him. Uh, so, yes, Chris, Aaron, Gypsy. Uh, let's, let's get the whole list. Uh, you can do that as well. But, yo, um, pumpkin this time of year. 
I don't know. I mean, you never know. Maybe you have a weird Man, farm. Somebody's or... chucking pumpkins. You don't want to mess with them, bro. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> you have somebody to throw a pumpkin. Like, is that's, it, that's pretty... is it in the freezer? Is it like in a giant like walk-in freezer? Because that'll hurt even more than a regular pumpkin if he's been keeping think... prison this whole time. This is hurt you. I think I have a pumpkin pie in the freezer. Does that count? Um, you can throw a See, pumpkin pie no, at me all you want. Because, you also... because a, a pumpkin pie is not a pumpkin. But it's so frozen. Hard AF. <laughs> I don't think it counts, but I would not object if a pumpkin pie just had a nice, easy trajectory towards my open mouth. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yes, we got also besides Chris and Demonos, we have Cesar from the uh, California, uh, Angie from across the pond, Aaron, Julie, and Jolie, all who are liberal band radio patrons, and of course Julie Swenson is the first liberal band radio producer doing 10 bucks a month so thank you for that as well nice. uh, yes so you know in earth 2 in, in the alternate universe uh, that we discussed a few years ago I, I i guess there's some version of liberal band that uh that has like is monetized on youtube and has a bunch of patrons and is doing this full time so maybe we can make that reality at some point um let's see if biden gets a pick then roberts will just vote with the conservatives i don't know about that i mean he he voted against the conservatives to uphold the stare decisis and overturn the Louisiana law. And if he hadn't have done that, the Louisiana law would have went into effect. So again, I don't want to give Roberts any more credit than he deserves and he doesn't deserve much. Uh, but at least, at least he proved me right on that one that he wasn't going to, that he wouldn't vote to overturn Roe because it was precedent and he didn't vote to overturn Roe at least fully. So uh, let's see the serious problems with his approach. As we've recounted, both parties in the Solicitor General have urged either to reaffirm overrule Roe or, or, and Casey. Uh, a specific approach advanced by the concurrence was broached at oral argument. Both respondents emphatically rejected it. Respondents' counsel termed it completely unworkable. Um, whatever. I mean, just because the people want those things doesn't necessarily mean that the judge can't come up with a compromise. I mean, we shouldn't be compromising on abortion. I don't believe that we should be, there shouldn't be any exceptions to the right to have an abortion, but that's me and this, that's the Supreme Court. Uh, Roberts is just Liz Cheney in a black robe, <laughs> probably. Um, wow. Let's see, that's what Bill says. Um, concurrence, most fundamental defect is its failure to offer any principled basis for its approach. Well, that's the thing. Here's, I, this is why I have a hard time taking Alito seriously because just because alito claims it's not principled it doesn't mean it's not principled so we're, we're going to use uh he's going to use his own opinions of what's principled or his own opinions on what's poorly determined law to then criticize the other people for their opinions and that's again another logical fallacy uh, let's see, not only is the new rule proposed by concurrence inconsistent with Casey's unambiguous language, it's also contrary to the judgment in that case and later abortion cases. In Casey, the court held that Pennsylvania's spousal notification provision was facially unconstitutional. Uh, so, wow, so if Casey's overturned, now, you, now, now states can put in a, fact, a, a, a provision where if you want an abortion, you have to notify the, your other spouse. Hmm. <sighs> Same is true in Whole Woman's Health, which held that certain rules that required physicians performing abortions to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital were facially unconstitutional because they placed a substantial obstacle in the path of women seeking a 
a pre-viability abortion. Okay. Uh, for all these reasons, stare decisions cannot justify the new reasonable opportunity rule propounded by the concurrence. So I'm, I'm just making crap up. Um, concurrence would leave for another day whether to reject any right to an abortion at all, but in another day would not be long coming. Some states have set deadlines for obtaining an abortion that are shorter than Mississippi's, like Louisiana. And so, it, yeah, it would probably come. But again, just because you'd have to deal with it later, it doesn't mean you have to deal with it now. I mean, come on. The logical fallacies that Alito is spouting. That's why I say Justice Alito is just Scalia without a brain. Um, let's see. The Wish Scott Com version. Wish version of Scalia, yes. Um, we must now decide what standard will govern if state abortion regulations undergo constitutional challenges and whether the law before us satisfies the appropriate standard. Under our precedents, Rational basis review is the appropriate standard for such challenges. As we've explained, procuring an abortion is not a fundamental constitutional right uh, because it has no such basis in the Constitution's text or our nation's history. Again, Alito doesn't understand the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment clearly says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So, yes, uh, it's not written in the Constitution. It doesn't mean it's not a right. And if it's no basis in the, quote, nation's history, that is an appeal to tradition, which is another logical fallacy. So he's basing his reasoning off of an incorrect uh, representation of the Constitution and a logical fallacy. Thank you, Alito, for being maybe one of the worst Supreme Court justices ever. Um, I mean, maybe we, we'll, have, we'll, we'll have to give Amy Coney Barrett some time before she can claim that role because, oof. But then again, I, I think I think it was even in 2016 when not only did I say that uh, I think I said that that not only did I say that Thomas was going to or that Trump was going to get to name three, I think Amy Coney Barrett's name is the one I had brought up at that point too, and uh, uh, because she was a rising star in 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 conservative circles and somebody that they wanted on the court because they knew that she would do what she did today. Uh, hey, Jill Carter, how's it going? Thank you for joining. Appreciate you for stopping by. Um, let's see. Follows that states may regulate abortion for legitimate reasons. When such regulations are challenged under the Constitution, courts cannot substitute their social and economic beliefs for the judgment of legislative bodies. Ferguson? Is that, are you quoting Ferguson? Really? I mean, is, that, is, that, is that different from Plessy? I don't know. Well, I, I, I'll have to believe that it's not. Um, that respect legislative judgment applies. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Law regulating abortion, like any other health and welfare laws, is entitled to strong presumption of validity, according to Heller versus Doe. It must be sustained if there is a rational basis which the legislature could have thought that it could serve legitimate state interests. But I think the state should have to prove that it serves legitimate state interests. And the, there's no legitimate state interest in controlling what somebody does with their own body. So... Uh, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. The legitimate interest to justify Mississippi's gestational age act is except in a medical emergency or a case of severe fetal abnormality, the statute prohibits abortion. If the probable gestational age of the unborn human has been determined to be greater than 15 weeks, um, Mississippi's legislature finding recounts the stages of human prenatal development and asserts the state's interest in protecting the life of the unborn to the detriment of the life of the born. 
legislature also found that abortions performed after 15 weeks typically use dilation and evacuation, and the legislature found the use of this procedure for non-therapeutic or elective reasons to be a, quote, barbaric practice, dangerous for material for the, to the maternal patient and demeaning to the medical profession. I mean, they're making crap up at this point. Hey, Hug and Greeter, how's it going? Thank you for joining us. Uh, we end this opinion where we began. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. It does because states are not, do not, should not have the authority to trump people's rights. Rights are not powers. The states have the powers. The pe- states and the people in states have the powers to, over, to, to regulate certain things that are not listed in the Constitution of, of the powers that are not given but the rights that are not enumerated are still protected by the Constitution, even if they're not enumerated. We now overrule those decisions and return the authority to the people and their elected representatives. So, boo, uh, the judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with the opinion. It is so ordered. So that's page 79. And then, of course, as we went over the last time, there are many, many pages of appendices where, of appendices, where Alito is listing all of the history of, of bans of abortion in this country. Um, pages and pages. We're at 76, we're at 93, we're at 95. I think the second one comes up soon. Uh, we'll see how many pages of, let's see, that's Appendix B to the court. Now, we're in Appendix B now. Um, we've made it all the way to, here we go, uh, 107. So... 31 pages of appeal to tradition by listing all of these laws in the appendix in the appendix of the main ruling of of Dobbs v. Jackson, which overturned Roe v. Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood. Of course, then we come back to uh, Justice Thomas, which is the loud, the quiet part being said out loud. Uh, I join the opinion of the court because it correctly holds that there's no constitutional right to an abortion, which means again. Justice Thomas doesn't understand the Constitution and the Ninth Amendment, which, again, specifically states that the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights should not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Now, I'm just going to remind, you know, just because I'm talking and reading stuff up, if you have something to interject, Yosh or Demonox, interrupt me. Please Um, go ahead. (laughs) I want to know, do you have a car? Do I have a car? I do. I have two. Do you have a car? Uh, do, you, do you have to pay like a license fee or, or anything like that? Taxes on the car or anything like that? Uh, anything government related? I have to pay registration on the car and I have to have a license I, to, to drive the car. You think and I have to have court insurance. justices have cars? Yes. Just, okay. Because, um, I mean, it seems to me that there's nothing in the uh, Constitution guaranteeing their rights to have cars. Right. And, and since there's no anything there guaranteeing that right then they must not have that right right like if the founding fathers didn't put every single possible outcome and scenario into that piece of paper then none of those outcomes or scenarios should should have any representation according to this logic this podcast is unconstitutional because it wasn't mentioned in the constitution yeah yeah, (laughs) basically i mean uh, how dare george washington how dare thomas jefferson not have precognition how right. dare they? But also, how dare me for criticizing them for that? Because, you know, uh, eh. Well, and here's the thing. There's actually other rulings that take place that, not related to this one, where it actually requires people to have one of the ruling. 
Lily Ledbetter versus Goodyear Tire uh, before they passed the Lily Ledbetter Fair Pay Act. The Supreme Court, the activist conservatives on that Supreme Court basically required that people be psychic. They had to know that they were being paid in a discriminatory wage in order to bring a lawsuit because they basically said that the clock started ticking the first time they were paid a discriminatory wage and not when they found out that they were being paid a discriminatory wage, despite the fact that there was a previous ruling that Justice Ginsburg uh, discussed in her dissent of that ruling, which stated that the clock starts ticking when the person finds out. So, yes, the, the person was needed to be psychic. The other thing, that was, I'm always, I think RBG. Yes. Um, I think Salinas versus Texas is the other. It's not necessarily a requirement to be psychic, but it was one of the nonsensical rulings by the Supreme Court. And I think it was a, another 5-4 conservative activist type thing. It might have even been written by Alito. Um, let's, let's look that up. Who wrote? Um, who wrote? Let's look at both. Wrote ruling Lily Ledbetter. Ledbetter versus Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Let's see what Wikipedia says about that. Uh, majority Alito, joined by Robert Scalia, Kennedy, and Thomas. I didn't even remember that it was written by Alito, but because of how badly it was, I said it was written by Alito, and it was. Let's see if I'm two for two. Um, Salinas v. Texas. That, uh, that could have been written by Scalia, but we'll see. Uh, Salinas v. Texas. Um, where's the... Yosha's voice, also not guaranteed by the Constitution. <laughs> the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast are not guaranteed by the Constitution either. The Constitution couldn't handle my voice. <laughs> nah, dude, it's paper. <laughs> Let's see. Ba, 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 ba. All right, that's not listing. I'm going to want to find the actual text of the ruling. Damn it. Uh, there it is. Linus v. Texas. Supreme Court. Uh, there's the syllabus. There's syllabus. There's syllabus. Justice Alito announced the judgment of the court and delivered the opinion in which Justice, Chief Justice and Kennedy joined. So there you go. Two for two. I, I, I didn't even remember that. And I was like, these rulings are so bad, they had to be written by Alito. And there you go. Um, <laughs> I have to pat myself on the back there for that one. Memes where like you don't know if it's something Trump said or didn't say, but it's so ridiculous that like you just you just know. And even if he didn't say it, you know he would have. I feel like Alito is the Supreme Court justice version of of that. Right, Aaron. Dan's mod can't handle the smooth sounds. Oh my. Um, (laughs) Oh my. But no, yeah. This is what happened, and now, now, okay, I talked about Salinas. I said Salinas was bad. I predicted Salinas was from Alito, and Salinas was actually there by Alito. Um, but here's what Salinas said. Salinas said that if you, in order for you to invoke your right to remain silent, you had to say it. But let me repeat that again. In order for you to be protected by your Fifth Amendment right to remain silent if you're not under arrest. Here's the thing. If you are not under arrest, if the police are simply questioning you about something 
and you determine that you want to stop talking, if you don't say, I am now taking my, my Fifth Amendment right to remain silent, that if you don't say those words, then your silence is then used against you in the court of law. That's what happened with Salinas, is his, his silence. Obstructing justice, right? They, that was they basically, of- I don't know if it's, it's obstruction of justice or whatever, but they, they basically said that if, you're, if you willingly speak to the cops and don't say, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm using my Fifth Amendment right, to remain silent, and then you're asked the question, and you you shut up, and don't say I plead the fifth on the grounds that it might incriminate me. You are then you are then can have you can then have that silence used against you, and that's what happened. Now, which is ridiculous because Miranda basically said, and of course the conservative courts are chipping away at Miranda. They just chipped away at Miranda the other day by saying that. Uh, a police officer that didn't properly Mirandize somebody was able to was not able to sue the person under the code like code like 1984 I think it's it might be 1989 1980 something was the code uh, that allows people to sue when a government official denies them their constitutional rights but Miranda protects the constitutional right and they said nope you can't sue a Miranda for some reason that's not a, you can't sue over a violation of Miranda because that's not somebody denying you your rights. I'm like, what? It doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing: is that according to Miranda, you, we police officers who arrest people have to assume that they are not knowledgeable enough about the Constitution that they are required to read them their rights and that they have the right to remain silent and have a right to an attorney. You have to be read your rights because you're assumed to not know. Why does the act of an arrest tr- only trigger that assumption? So a cop can just talk to you, and you, you now have to know every part of the Constitution pertaining to your ability to, to prevent yourself from incriminating yourself. So Salinas is an absurd ruling. It's one of my most, like, what-the-hell rulings. And again, not surprised, it was Alito who said it. So, yeah. I just lose that. I think I, let's see, I don't know what happened to that page. Maybe I deleted it inadvertently because uh, I had the ruling up and I just lost the ruling for uh, Dobbs v. Jackson ruling, Dobbs v. Jackson opinions. There we go. Got it. Got it again. I'm an idiot sometimes, especially for allowing certain people into my life who shall remain nameless. Uh, as we're scrolling, but yeah, I, I do have to pat myself in the back a couple of times just to, you know, that, that I, that I was like, Alito had to write those two and he did. Um, but again, Thomas doesn't understand the constitution. The court explains why under a substantive due process that purported right to abortion is not a form of quote, liberty protected by due process. And such a right is neither deeply rooted in the nation history or tradition, nor implicit in the concept of ordered liberally liberty. Um, of course, deeply not being deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition is an appeal to tradition and a violation. And is not, it's not, sh- it should not be considered in any part of a ruling because it's a logical fallacy. I write separately to emphasize a second, more fundamental reason why there's no abortion guarantee lurking in the due process clause. Considerable historical evidence indicates that, quote, due process of law merely required executive and judicial actors to comply with legislative enactments and the common law 
when the depriving person of life, liberty, or property, uh, Johnson v. United States, other sources. And, of course, he cites his own ruling in his concurring ruling on that one to justify this. Again, you're using your own words to justify yourself. Other sources by contrast. I see we have another caller who wants to call. I will get to you in a second. Um, let's see. I have previously explained substantive due process is an oxymoron that lacks any basis in the Constitution, um, what he wrote in the Johnson ruling, the notion that a constitutional provision that guarantees only process before a person is deprived life, liberty, or property could define the substance of those rights strains the credulity for even the most casual user of words. Okay. Um, the court today declines to disturb substantive due process jurisprudence generally or the doctrine's application in other specific contexts. Cases like Griswold v. Connecticut, Lawrence v. Texas, and Obersville v. Hodges are, are not an issue according to the ruling. The court's abortion cases are unique, and so no party has asked us to decide whether the entire 14th Amendment jurisprudence must be observed or revised. Thus, I agree that nothing in the court's opinion should be understood to cast doubts on precedents that do not concern abortion. For that reason, in future cases, we should, re we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and in Obersville, including but not limited to, because you could also revisit Loving, uh, because any substantive due process decision is demonstrably erroneous. Uh, Ramos versus Louisiana. Thomas concurring in judgment. He's citing himself yet again. Um, it just seems weird to, to, to cite yourself in your justification of your own arguments. I was right because I was right. That doesn't make sense at all. Um, Bill P. Is that right? Let's see. Did that happen? Let me see. Reloading this page. Yes, I now have an eighth Liberal Dan Reno patron, Bill P. Thank you very much. Shout outs to you for joining uh, the supporters of the Liberal Dan Radio podcast. Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right. You can support it too, patreon.com slash liberal Dan. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> so, and again, as I say, uh, some of the people who sign up for the $3 level are the OG minicast listeners. But when I don't do minicasts in a particular month, which I haven't done in a while, uh, your shouts out happen on the main show instead of on the minicast. So when I start doing the minicast again, if I start, I should be doing the minicast again. When I start doing that, your shout outs could happen there. So just to let you know. Uh, but until I do it, they'll happen here. Nowhere in this exaltation of judicial policymaking clearer than this court's abortion jurisprudence. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Now, in this case, the nature of purported liberty, in quotes, he put liberty in quotes, nice, uh, support the abortion right has shifted again. Respondents in the United States propose no fewer than three different interests that supposedly spring from the due process clause. They include bodily integrity. You know, we don't have the right to bodily integrity in the Constitution, too, I guess, because it doesn't list that right in the Constitution. Personal autonomy in matters of family, medical care, and faith and women's equal citizenship. Uh, someone want to, again, let's remind them. I don't have, I'm not going to say it, but we're just going to remind people of the Ninth Amendment on screen. So if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, 
that that's that's on there, and I've said it several times already. I'll beat that dead horse because it, sh- it because it shouldn't be treated as a dead horse. That horse should be living. That horse should be out there and you know roaming free, allowed to live its life. But these conservative activist justices that are in you know this current Supreme Court just want to whip whip it and kill the Ninth Amendment. It's, it's very it's it's so again redheaded stepchild of the amendments. Because the court properly applies our substantive due process precedents to reject the fabrication of a constitutional right to abortion, and because this case does not present the opportunity to reject substantive due process entirely, I join the court's opinion. But in future cases, we should follow the text of the Constitution, which sets forth certain substantive rights that cannot be taken away, and adds beyond that a right to due process when life, liberty, property is taken away. Substantive due process conflicts with that textual command and has harmed our country in many ways. Accordingly, we should eliminate it from our jurisprudence at the earliest opportunity. So Justice Thomas is clearly saying, hey, I'm a judicial activist. Look at me. This is what I want to have done, and this is what we should do later on. Bill P., I wonder if Alito thinks that a man has to undo a vasectomy. (laughs) Or maybe the... I think it would be the that the right to would, would the similar thing be that a man doesn't have the right to a vasectomy? Um, I don't know. I, I've heard much less much many much less stories of men trying to get a vasectomy and having the doctor say, "Well, what about your future wife? What would they want?" Um, as opposed to people who try and get a hysterectomy or get their tubes tied and they're told by their doctors, "Well, what about your future spouse?" What will they think? What if you want to have a baby later? None of your business. Do the damn surgery. But yeah, Thomas just said the quiet part out loud and confirmed his judicial activism. Of course, Kavanaugh, for some reason, his drunk ass had to have his own ruling, his his own concurrence as well. I write separately to explain my additional views about why Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided why Roe should be overruled at this time and the future implications of today's decision. And I also love beer. Now, he didn't, I should put satire like Hal does. He does not say that he likes beer in the Supreme Court in this ruling that overturns Roe v. Wade. He just said it in his hearings that he liked beer. You know, he liked beer. But before we get to that, let's go ahead to our caller who's calling in. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Khalil, and I'm from Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm originally from Washington, D.C. How's it going? Doing pretty good. So what you have to say? I have to say you... that the, the whole abortion thing, it's not really good. I mean, these people, they don't want health care. They don't want health care, but they then they want to ban abortion. It's like, you know, like Jesse Ventura said, these people are not really pro-life. They're pro-birth. Let's see if I can do a good Jesse Ventura. That's right. They're not pro-life. They're pro-birth. <laughs> that's that's my best imitation of Jesse Ventura. Jesse the mind Ventura. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and, go ahead. Know, it's, like, it's like, you know, these people, they don't see anything. And also, they don't see hypocrisy until it's, until it's like the, the side that's progressive. Right. Like, like if you like, let's say a person shoots a gun in a movie, or they um they want they shoot a gun in a movie, but yet 
yet they support gun control. They're a hypocrite, but yet you call them out for not supporting abortion, but but being against gun control. All of a sudden, it's nothing to do with nothing. And I even called Stephen Crowder out about that, too, because he wants to call people hypocrites because they want they want gun control, but they don't want bans. They don't want bans on um, on um, Muslims, but yet when it came to wanting bans on abortion and gun control, all of a sudden one had nothing to do with the others. Like practice what you preach, and at least if you're going to call something hypocrisy, and you deny our hypocrisy, know what you're talking about. Right. I mean, the whole thing with they did with um. Oh. I'm I'm blanking on that. How am I, how am I blanking on the name? The guy from Uvalde, Texas. All right, all right, all right. The actor Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yes. Um, yeah. He. There was a whole bunch of memes that went around. Like like, oh, McConaughey could be in this movie where he shoots guns, but he's against guns. Well, you could be a fictional character. You no, know, use a lot of the people who play bad people in movies don't agree with the positions of the bad people in those movies. Right. Now, some might... Let's take that a step further. Uh, right. Which one of these characters was like, well, I got to have my gun. All right, all right, all right. Is it, <laughs> how many of those characters was like advocating owning a gun? You know what I'm saying? The, uh, how many of those movies he was in was pro-gun propaganda? Uh, I, I haven't heard of any. You know, it's, right. it's possible that they're out there, but I haven't heard of any. And I've seen Matthew McConaughey uh, in a bunch of movies and TV shows or whatever where, you know, he uses a gun and so on and so forth. But at no point where he's like, well, you could take um, you could take away my gun from my cold, dead hands or whatever the fuck. Ron, Ronald Reagan. That's, um, well, that's that just is. Charlton Heston. That was Charlton Heston. Charlton yeah, Heston. Heston. Whatever Charlton Heston said. About well, another old white man. None of that happened. You know, he just right. so happened to have a gun. It's not, it, and it's not even possibly a good logical offensive? fallacy. Can you say something possibly. white? Possibly <laughs> offensive to a, a particular some some people, maybe. Um, I think the reason why conservatives have the issues with um, things like actors and movies is because they can't separate fantasy from reality to them if it's a fiction or it's a thing you know they're seeing it and it must be real and it stems from believing the uh fairy tales like i grew up reading the lord of the rings and i don't believe in hobbits but they believe they grew up reading this other book of giant fiction and to them it's fact and they can't differentiate fiction from fact and that's the part that be possibly offensive to the religious yeah. people watching the show but <laughs> but, but the problem it, stems Sorry, but no, go you, ahead. Cannot go say, ahead. you cannot say that the Fast and the Furious, people, liberals don't get it, but then when it comes to acting, you call someone else a hip- hypocrite, but then you can't see your own hypocrisy. That That's just not, that is just really, it makes me mad. It's like you can't see your own hypocrisy when it comes to actual hypocrisy, but then you manufacture it, you know? It's just like somebody like I've that, been saying, Like I've been saying this whole time, hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. In order to be a we conservative, that on a you have man. to be hypocritical. And, and Crowder. Definitely. I want it on my headstone. And <laughs> Crowder is just, just an example of just one of the worst. I mean, I did a live rea- I did a reaction to one of his videos watching it live a, a few weeks back or a month back or so or whatever when he was, um, when he was talking about the leak. 
And I did, I did a response to his interviewing people about the leak, and his basically entire thing was, I'm going to find people who I believe are stupid so I can look like I'm the, I'm the genius, and or plant people to, to, who, who will eventually agree, who will, who will come to agree with me because of my super wise words, but in reality, they're just plants doing it just to make them look good. Like Straight a stage. Down, the dude punked out from Sam Cedar. The dude, like, tucked his tail between his legs and ran from – did it for two weeks in a row because one week, you know what I'm saying, he, he was supposed to have a debate with H3H3, you know what I'm saying, and he canceled that debate because he saw that the Sam Cedar show wasn't on YouTube at the time. So the next week when they rescheduled, Sam Cedar, I believe uh, he played, like, uh, something that was pre-taped or whatever. And Stephen Crowder was like, oh, okay, well, he's doing his show right now. He's not going to ambush me on uh, H3H3. And sure enough, Sam Cedar showed up, and he tucked his tail between his legs and pumped the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? No respect mm-hmm. for that dude. Like, I, I want to debate Stephen Crowder, but I know I can't because he's a hoe. And he's going to dip out. You know what I'm saying? So did any anything coming out of Steve Crowder, old coward ass mouth, he can kiss both cheeks of my natural black ass because he's a hoe. He's a hoe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would I, love to be able to record myself going to one of his change my mind things because, especially when it came to like issues of abortion and whatever, because, you know, I, I think I would just steamroll him when it comes to the points that he tries to make, especially the fact when we, we, um, he showed this image, like the, his dishonesty, he shows this, and I would love for him to show this image to me in person. It was his image showing like, um, the gestational age of, of what the, how the internal organs look like. And they were mm-hmm. putting like this certain part of development in the middle of the page as if it would be like in the middle of the night, like four and a half months into it. Uh, but no, uh, the, the thing, like it looked at like the first, like several weeks, like there was a week, week, we like up to week nine, week 10 was all looked at as one week. And then it was like the next four weeks, the next four weeks, the next four weeks. So the first half of the thing was like the first 10 weeks. And then the second half of it was the last 30. So like, it was like, how can you, how can people not, I mean, I understand that people aren't necessarily going to catch that, but I mean, it just goes to show his dishonesty when it comes to the representation of this issue uh, that he is trying to get in some argumentative advantage. But I, I noticed it immediately. That's why I was like, if he ever, if he tried that crap with me, I'd be like, why does this graphic look like this? Why is the, these nine weeks half the pregnancy? No, because you're a dishonest, you're making a dishonest argument. So, right. well, thank you no. again for your call. I I'm sorry. We're going to, Thank I'm muted, call, muting right? the caller just to thank you for the call, just to go so we can continue on because we're two hours in and we have to, we still haven't gotten to the descent, so I kind of have to speed things along a little bit. Um, and uh, Kavanaugh is reading in the, in the end of his first part. He goes, in sum, the Constitution is neutral on the issue of abortion and allows the people and their elected representatives to address the issue through the democratic process. Nope, that's not how rights work. That's not how rights are supposed to work. Again, Ninth Amendment up on the screen. Um, again, it was the more difficult question is stare decisis. The principle stare decisis requires respect for the court's precedents for the accumulated wisdom of the judges who have previously addressed the same issue, which he argued that he supported when he was trying to be confirmed to the Supreme Court in the whole shenanigans pertaining to his replacing Kennedy, which was super suspect to begin with. 
Um, I think that was Kennedy because Gorsuch was first. I think then Kavanaugh. I, if I'm remembering it falls incorrectly, you can let me know. Um, let's see. Trying to go through. History does not answer the critical question. When precisely should the court overrule erroneous constitutional precedent? I mean, when the precedent is erroneous. That's when they should override it. But you have to should be able to prove that the precedent was erroneous, something that these fools did not do. And, of course, let's see. Uh, the prior decision has caused significant negative jurisprudential, jurisprudential or real-world consequences overruling the prior decision would not unduly upset legitimate reliance interests. The Ramos versus Louisiana, Kavanaugh conferring a part. Again, Kavanaugh is citing Kavanaugh in his own, in his own arguments. Again, just... I mean, I'm right because I'm right. That's not proof. It's, it's uh, the course. meme of Obama giving himself the Medal of Honor. <laughs> See, I have. I, I wish I could post the meme, but I don't. I don't know how to do that through the YouTube chat. So. Uh, you'd have to Facebook it to me, and I could then show it on the. I could show it on YouTube. Uh, let's see. He goes, I have a deep and unyielding respect for justices who wrote the Casey plurality decision. I respect the Casey plurality's good faith effort, but it has become increasingly evident over time that Casey's well-intentioned effort did not resolve the abortion debate. Well, no, because you have people who, can, who are insisting that they have the authority via government to control persons' gestational rights, and they want the government to be so small that it will fit inside the vaginal canal. In short, mm-hmm. Casey's theory decisive analysis rested in part on a predictive judgment about the future development of state laws, but that predictive judgment has not borne out. In any event, although Casey is relevant to the stare decisive analysis, the question to overrule Roe cannot be dictated by Casey alone, so he continues to go on. Uh, in some, I, let's see. In any event, the case is relevant to stare decisive To illustrate the stare decisive point, consider an example. Suppose that in 20, 1924, the court has expressly reaffirmed Plessy versus Ferguson and upheld the state's authority to segregate people on the basis of race. Would the court in Brown some 30 years later in 1954 have reaffirmed Plessy and upheld racially segregated schools simply because of the intervening 1924 precedent? Surely the answer is no. I mean, I guess he makes a point there that the fact that Casey exists doesn't justify Roe in and of itself existing, that if you, if you would, if you at some point had upheld Plessy, that, that doesn't mean Brown would have to also keep it. So sure, bad precedents, bad precedent. But that he does, he hasn't made that logical leap of going, here you go. This, this is how we get to this, this, to this being an unconstitutional ruling, a poorly founded ruling. After today's decision, the nine members of the court will no longer decide the basic legality of pre-viability abortion. That issue will be resolved by the people and the representatives. It shouldn't be. Um, let's see. First, the question of how this decision will affect other precedents involving issues. In particular, Griswold, Eisenstadt, Loving. He brings up Loving. Uh, and Obergefell v. Hodges. I emphasize the court today states overruling rule does not mean the overruling of these precedents. Right. Today's ruling does not overrule those rulings. But today's ruling is the are the bricks, the cornerstones of the building that are going to overtool those other, rule, those other rulings. Secondly, as I see it, some of the other abortion-related legal questions raised by today's decision are not especially difficult as a constitutional matter. For example, may a state bar a resident from that state from traveling to another state to obtain abortion? In my view, the answer is no, based on the constitutional right to interstate travel. Watch. Some states are going to try and ban interstate a person from leaving their state 
to get an abortion, and Kavanaugh's going to come back around and, and agree that it's, uh, that it's constitutional for them to do so and support the state's power to do so. He's going to be a hypocrite. You've heard it right here today, June 24th, 2022. Kavanaugh is going to go against his own statement in this ruling. Um, may the state retroactively impose liability or punishment for an abortion that occurred before? In my view today, the answer is no, based off a of due process clause. Why does due process clause matter now if it doesn't matter in abortion? Um, this court would no longer decide the fundamental question of abortion should be allowed through weeks, six weeks or 12 weeks or 15 weeks or whatever. The court no longer decide how to evaluate these interests, blah, blah, blah. These more difficult moral and policy questions will be decided as the Constitution dictates uh, by the people and their elected representatives. But the Constitution does not dictate that because the Constitution doesn't talk about abortion. So it doesn't dictate that, that the, those powers are retained by the people. It dictates that rights are retained by the people that are not enumerated. And the state should not have the authority to trample individual rights. Um, let's see. To be sure, many Americans will disagree with the court's decision today. That will be true no matter how the court decided this case. Both sides of the abortion issue believe sincerely and passionately in the rightness of their cause, especially in the difficult and fraught circumstances the court must scrupulously appear adhere to the Constitution's neutral position on abortion. Again, just because it doesn't mention it doesn't mean it's neutral on it. Um, in my judgment on the issue of abortion, the Constitution is neither pro-life or pro-choice. The Constitution is neutral. Again, no, not. Uh, and here's Roberts's. Again, Roberts, in short, too long didn't read, is I think I would have upheld uh, the, the Mississippi rule. I would not have upheld, I would not have overturned Roe v. Wade in its entirety. That's what he says. That's what he did. It doesn't have any effect on the overall ruling. It doesn't have any effect on, uh, on does it, does, didn't change the overturning of Roe. It didn't change whether or not it was upheld. He could have completely agreed with the liberal sides and nothing would have remained uh, different. Listen, both, both the court's opinion and the dissent display a relentless freedom from doubt of the legal issue I cannot share. I am not sure, for example, that the ban on terminating a pregnancy from the moment of conception must be treated uh, the same under the Constitution as a ban after 15 weeks. A thoughtful member of this court once counseled that the difficulty of a question admonishes us to observe the wise limitations on our function. Uh, I would decide the question we granted to answer whether or not the previously recognized abortion rights bars all abortion restrictions prior to viability, such as that ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy is necessarily unlawful. The answer to that question is no, and there's no need to further decide in this case. Therefore, I concur only in the judgment. Let's see. Lots of discussions from Hide in the Shadows about uh, the story of pertaining to the, the birth of, of Christ and everything like that. Aaron West, I've had to have three abortions due to severe illness. It's not a great topic for me either. Uh, you know, and that sucks because especially if you, you want to, I mean, we've had two miscarriages, you know, when we tried to have kids and it's tough. It's a tough situation to be when you want to have a child and you're trying to, to conceive a child and biologically just says, screw you. In our case, it was probably the drugs of the, not the illegal drugs, but the medicine that uh, was being taken at the, that the uh, doctor, the OBGYN uh, said, oh, you'll be fine having, taking these. It should be no problem. And then after, after two that doctor was then like, I didn't know you were on that drug. Yeah, we only told you every single time we went to the doctor's office uh, and every single time we tried, is it going to be okay with the embryo? 
and we told you, what drugs are you taking? Enbrel. But because Enbrel's a biologic, it's the, the, our next, her next OBGYN said, no, you shouldn't take the Enbrel. You should, you should get off the Enbrel before trying again. And she did. And we conceived pretty much immediately at Disney World after seeing Ray Park uh, in a meet and greet where we got to meet Darth Maul. That's why my youngest son will probably, that's why we will say that Darth Maul is my kid's father. I'm going to have so to disagree with, with Demonox here. I'm going to have to disagree with Demonox here. That can't be TMI when Yosh was talking about Ginny Thomas's biscuits. Like, talk about biscuits. Um, I don't I'm going to have talking. to disagree with that because um, <laughs> one is a hypothetical. Food. Uh-huh, sure. One is a hypothetical, and you gave us details. Um, so, I didn't yeah, give I'm details. Gonna... I, just said it, I just said when it happened. I didn't say how. <laughs> Look, you're the one with the video uh, where we can see you and picture you vividly. And uh, <laughs> wait, wait, nobody else is doing that? Well, I guess Man, I just this... figured out something today. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, look, son is gonna gonna watch this when he gets older. And he's gonna be like, Dad. Bet, better yet, I, I'm damn sure Dan is gonna show that to his son's date for prom, and it's gonna be. Well, there are many videos of showing my son's dates to prom. There's lots of blackmail video out there of of them doing things like that, like not like that, but them doing things that are oh. that are blackmail material. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to your baby. What was it? They um, they were in in the bathroom, like we're going to take a shower or whatever, and and like I I didn't video them showering clearly, just to make that clear. But all I I was walking up the stairs, and all I did was hear them singing "I Believe I Can Fly," and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> oh man, don't do that today, baby. You can embarrass the hell out of them. Uh, Aaron has an unrelated cool Star Wars story. We'll type it out. We can see it. It's fine. We're all about Star Wars. If you haven't watched the Obi-Wan by Kenobi the way, Darren, series, do so. I sent that uh, meme, by the way. Okay, let me go ahead and, and see if I can pull that up. And, uh, do, do, do. I sent it on Messenger and on Discord. Nice. Let's see if I can get it on Discord. Let's, let's see. Yosh. Oh, wow. That is a very, very nice friendly um, movie series. Oh, and there it is. got woke. Man, somebody said that Star Wars was about the birth of Christ, man. I yeah, wanted to I reach that. I'm like, through the, the screen. Fuck? Oh, yeah. man. Politics is one thing, but when you when you mess around with the nerd culture, that's when I really get upset. And he, he said it was Anakin that would have been like, so you're going to say that Anakin then went from being Jesus to being Satan and back to Jesus again? No, if you're going to make that allegory, it would be Luke who went through the hero's journey in the original series. The whole hero's journey thing, the total Greek style storytelling that then got, you know, the Bible and all that stuff. It all follow the same pattern. The hero's right. story that would be Luke, not not Anakin. Anakin well, Luke's the hero story. There, there are a lot of there are a lot of religious beliefs or whatever or traditions or cultures. And there's the there's the image up there of Obama giving Obama the medal. Um, there's a lot of traditions out there that you know, talk about, you know, a virgin birth and stuff like that. But in order for Star Wars to be based off, completely based off of the story of Jesus, uh, Jesus would have had to gone into the temple and killed the youngling. 
Um, now, we did throw out the money changers, but it didn't kill the youngling. So I, I call shenanigans on all that. Okay, but to, to, to be fair, to conservatives, money changers are basically the same thing as innocent babies who can do nothing wrong. No, they're not, they're not the <laughs> – oh, yeah, you're right. They are the same thing. Yeah. They're, they're, I was going to say that the money to... changers are above the innocent No, babies, no, actually, actually I, have to dis- I have to disagree with you a little bit simply because of the fact that in order to, to many conservative Christians or whatever, uh, to uh, the hyper-conservative right, to many of those folks, uh, the, quote, money changers are the Jews, and those are the people who are responsible for the replacement theory, who are bringing all of the black, indigenous, and well, not indigenous, but other persons of color into this country, like, you know, the Latin, Latinx folks and, and, and other black mm-hmm. folks who are going to replace uh, all, the, all the white people. So, and it's all the Jews' fault. So there you go. Um, so, that, so I would say that if, if they're, if conservatives are pointing out that people are Jews, it's the bad people, not the good people. <laughs> I mean, if you weren't a-holes to the Jews, maybe you wouldn't fear the Jews having retribution. Just like if you aren't <laughs> a-holes to the black people, you wouldn't be scared that, you know, black people are becoming more numerous and you're going to be the minority at some point. It just, <laughs> it's, it, every conservative accusation is, uh, is a self-report. History lesson. Wait, are you saying everybody that hates the Jews? Like it that's that's a history lesson. Everybody hates the Jews. The Jews are always hated on it. That's just a, a common theme throughout history. It's even part of uh, Tom Lehrer's Tom Lehrer's uh, National Brotherhood Week song. If you haven't listened to that, it, it stands up. Even though some of those some of the references to the people uh, in, in the song might not might be a little bit antiquated to some folks, but um, one of the one of the lines of the Protestants hate the Catholics and the Catholics hate the Protestants and the Hindus hate the Muslims and everybody hates the Jews. So there you go. Yep. And I mean, I can understand why Nick Cannon would misconstrue black people being the true Jews, you know, but he's dead wrong, but I kind of get it. Look, I I was mad at Nick Cannon for a while too. (laughs) I should have brought up the whole Nick. I forgot. I can't believe I forgot to bring up the whole Nick Cannon thing on the podcast talking about stuff because that was one of the things I had, a, I had at least one friend unfriend me um, who happened to be a black guy who didn't like the fact that I was being critical of what Nick Cannon said. Uh, and I'm like, but he's perpetuating anti-Semitic rhetoric. It doesn't rhetoric. It, it's, I would just be just as critical. I mean, I will criticize anybody, including black indigenous or people of color who are spitting out, anti-Semitic rhetoric, just as I would be critical of a Jewish person who's being a racist piece of crap. So, right. yeah. So, but, you know, I think Nick Cannon underst- understood that, I don't know if he under- really understood why he was wrong or he understood that his career was going to suffer uh, if he didn't, you know, quickly do a mea culpa. But, I mean, for him to, you know, he was spouting some, some old school uh, anti-Semitic stuff, like some of the classics, like not even in the new hits, but the classics. <laughs> Classic rock. The classics. It's one of the classic uh, anti anti Semitic rants. Not 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 some of the more newer creative ones, I guess. Um, let's see, Aaron. My younger sibling and I were having a lightsaber duel. I backed too far up and fell down the stairs in slow motion. Hit my shoulder pretty hard as well. Uh, is that because your sister had the your your uh, sibling? Did your sibling have the high ground? Is that why you lost? <laughs> Sorry. Gotta watch out for that high ground. Obi Wan is the only one that can over overcome the high ground. 
Right. That's what I said. I, I, I had a problem with it. I told Trine that I had the high ground. And I'm like, but you didn't have the high ground with Darth Maul. You leaped over Darth Maul and cut him in half. Okay, but and when I he really, was in the air, I really want to spoil the, the last episode of Obi-Wan with that no, one, don't too. No, spoil but... Obi-Wan yet. If you haven't seen Obi-Wan, yeah. go watch Obi-Wan. Yeah. balls. It was really well done. Um, all, all the member berries, you'll get quite emotional. Princess now, now Leia, like Princess Leia was cute. Yeah, the only there was all because this the entire time before Obi Wan started, I was like they were making it look like this is going to be a story about Obi Wan and Luke. Look, I'm <laughs> and, so mad at Disney mm-hmm. because they ain't got MC Chris in the in the Fet show, and uh, he should be in the Fet wow. show. Wow. <laughs> well, you don't but, know. You know they're working on uh they're working on the Mandalorian Boba Fett right now. Yeah, although it was it was cool, they actually put uh, they put Fett's vet. They put a, the scene when Boba Fett shows up in the Mandalorian. They put that scene to Fett's vet, and it actually syncs up to the song. So uh, wow, that was a cool little nod. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, yeah. I don't think I ever heard that one, but yeah, but no, like the only only thing My I won't won't criticize. What? Five backpacks, got jets. Got I'm jets. Boba. I'm the Boba Fett. the Fett. I bounty hunt. Bounty hunt. hunt, 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 hunt. (laughs) Anyway. um, Shocking. Shocked, I say. (laughs) I mean, there is a reason why I have a whole other website that's nerdydan.com. Whole other website. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for people to follow. I want to become an affiliate. You want to watch Star Wars wrong. Trust me. I see you. If you. If you want to help me become an affiliate on Twitch, just follow me on Twitch. I'm nerdy with nerdydan.com, nerdydan, D-O-T-C-O-M. I'm trying to get enough people to watch so I can become an affiliate. So help a brother out with that too. Um, but the only That's criticism I had of the, of the last episode that I don't feel is too spoilery is there was a character that went from one planet to another and he chose the ship that he landed with instead of the ship that the other ship that showed up. And I was like, why didn't you take that other ship? Why did you take that one? And then all of a sudden, his, the first ship went to hyperspace. And I was like, oh, well, I guess if it has hyperdrive, then okay, then. <laughs> you know, I guess I guess that explains why you took that ship. But, yeah, no did other spoilers. Have, like, some sort of scanner where he could, like, see the internal components and capabilities of that ship that he just kind of, like, knew? Or did he just – are they, like um... – He probably knew that ship had, had hyperdrive. I mean, he probably yeah. understood that it had hyperdrive. To uh, to quote Shad uh, from Shadversity, who, who writes he writes a lot of stuff, but he also does a lot of analysis of weapons and things like that in fiction. And uh, uh, he had said, when you need to fill in for the writer's backstory, like when you, the audience, have to do the work to fill in the reasons for why something makes sense, the writer failed. Mm. That does make sense. I mean, right, don't so get so wrong, get, it's fun to have theories, but when, like, you so have to, you, me of you have to make this, yeah. Yes, you have things to pathetic. <laughs> I don't think I've even seen that. Oh, we are so off topic. We are very <laughs> off topic. I mean, that happens here on the World End Radio Talk from the left, that's right. Um, <laughs> well, you know what it is? I think it's such a serious and depressing and horrifying topic, and it's just been one after the other after the other, that if we don't stop, we don't laugh, we're just going to lose our goddamn minds more than we've already lost our goddamn minds. Absolutely. I started channeling a you TV character. The choir, I'm not sure bro. which one I channeled. Yeah, y'all forget I'm black. Um, you don't preach want, to the you choir. Don't want, 
I I paraphrase a pimp named Slickback a bunch. Like when people were being when people were being critical of the people uh, having you know riots of you know after you know George Floyd and all the Black Lives Matters protests. Wait, and it was like you paraphrase you know, Slickback. No, not Slickback. A pimp named Slickback. <laughs> but and basically it basically was like I was like how. How you, you've tried non they tried non riding. How has non riding worked for you when it comes to getting what you want? So maybe you should try riding. Uh, so <laughs> has non riding achieved the desired results? Right, exactly. So um, although another thing that I quote, which is a terrible movie, is Star Trek Five. You know, typically you know, when they. Kirk goes, what does God need with a starship? Um, I usually am like, when, when somebody's advocating for some religious beliefs um, and to be advocated for and supported through government, I'll be like, what does God need with a government? Like, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase that. He bought himself a giant jumbo jet, and I'll be like, what does God need with a jumbo jet? He's right. God. He's supposed to be everywhere. Right. Um, but if, if you happen to watch... Do you watch Strange New Worlds, either of you? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, no spoilers. I've not up. seen the newest episode. Yeah. I was going to watch that tonight, but then this shit happens. Uh, okay. It's good. Okay. And Umbrella if Academy watched, season three just started. Sorry. If you, if you haven't seen the last two episodes, what I say will spoil it. So I'm not going to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we, can talk, we can talk about it after you watch two episodes ago. It wouldn't have spoiled the last episode. I believe Lady Yosh is watching watching the podcast. Shouts out to Lady Yosh. Um, she would Yosh. she would come into the room and start punching me in the face if you spoiled that. She would come gonna... and beat my ass if you spoiled it. Well, I don't want your ass beat. So thank you, Jolie Hesley. Thank you, Jolie, for for helping out. And yeah, I mean, I, I did maybe surprise this episode on everybody. So I do appreciate y'all for showing up. I uh, appreciate y'all for what you do. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I will say, did you, guess, did you guys um, – oh, sorry. Go ahead. As I said, did you guys see uh, Will Wheaton's amazing comment about uh, wokeness in Star Trek when he was asked about it on a uh, on a panel? No, what did he say? I, I uh, think I have, he, but go ahead. Yeah. His response was just, water is wet. <laughs> yep. What do you say when people say Star Trek is too woke? Water is wet. I mean, yeah. Always been woke. Remember, I still remember William Shatner and Nichelle Nichols getting death threats over the first interracial kiss. Well, I don't. I I wasn't there. I was. I don't even think I was a twinkle in my father's eye when that happened. But actually, I think my to do that. I think my parents were in diapers when that happened. But still. You know, it, it, Star Trek. They had to make it evil, Kirk. Yeah. Otherwise, they would even they wouldn't have let it happen. Well, no, it wasn't oh, evil, Kirk. Yeah, it was right. no, it wasn't evil, Kirk. It was the fact that both that Kirk and Ahura were under the influence of aliens, and they were they oh, were yeah, yeah. forcing them to do it. So it wasn't something that they like consented they still had to. to. Skirt the censors, like it, it's like right. It was this just was a, a force. kiss, and they had to go through all. It's like, oh my god. Now here's the thing. I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny the fact that it was big for them to show an interracial kiss on TV, but I don't think it's as big as they let it because if Captain Kirk would 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 sleep with Romulans, he sleep with Klingons, he sleep with everybody. 
and without having he mind control. But in order to girl before he was allowed to kiss a black woman. But but in order to make out with a, a hot, attractive, intelligent Nichelle Nichols, Aurora, like you have to be forced. I mean that's problematic. Like come on. Mm-hmm. Like, unless exactly. they were only unless they would have somehow at some point during the episode had said you know. You're very attractive. People should have said, you know, you are a very attractive person, but since you're directly under my on the bridge, I can't do that. But that wouldn't have happened because how many yeomen did Kirk hook up with? So, yeah. like, come on. It, 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 the idea that he had to be it had to be done via mind control is just bizarre. Like, it, 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 that, that's I not as good as, as as they claim it to be, even though it was still a big thing to show. When people ask, when did Star Trek get woke, I like to say that was approximately uh, seven days after uh, Gene Roddenberry's 12th birthday when he got a little spaceship and the idea nugget just popped into his brain. That's the moment it became woke upon its conception. Pretty much. I mean, he wanted to he wanted to use a space Western to tell moral stories. I think that's what he has said. Almost, almost. The formula has not ever and will not ever work. Cough, cough, Firefly. Cough, cough, Star Wars. Cough, cough, Star Trek. (laughs) Cough, cough, everything. Five. Orville. Orville. Yeah. Y'all watched Orville this season? No, I haven't seen any of the new stuff. No, I haven't started it yet. I I will spoil it again. For like. The timing of the last the timing of the last episode was very well timed. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I'm going to say. Oh the wow! Okay. The last episode was very well timed. <laughs> Gotta watch um, it. Let's see. Uh, the court. Let's see. According to the, to the dissent, part of it, the, the court struck a balance. It does not often. It does often when values and goals compete. It held that the state could prohibit abortions after fetal viability so long as the ban contained exceptions to safeguard a woman's life or health. It held that even before viability, a state could regulate an abortion procedure in multiple meaningful ways, but until the viability line was crossed, the court had held a state could not impose a substantial obstacle on a woman's right to elect the procedure as she, again, using the language of the court, not the language of myself, uh, thought proper in light of the circumstances and complexities of her own life, according to the wording of the ruling. Today's court discards that balance. It says that from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. A state can force her to bring her pregnancy to term, even at the steepest personal and familial costs. An abortion restriction the majority holds is permissible whenever rational at the lowest level of scrutiny known to law. And because, as the court has often stated, protecting fetal life is rational, states will feel free to enact all manner of restrictions. Mississippi law at issue here bears abortion after the 15th week. Under the majority's ruling, Another state's law could do so after 10 weeks or five or three or one, or again, from the moment of fertilization. Just to let you all know, Louisiana's law is from implantation. So that's where Louisiana law rests, at implantation. Uh, States have already passed such laws in anticipation of today's ruling. More will follow. Some states have enacted laws extending all forms of abortion procedure, including taking medications in one's own home. They have passed laws without exceptions for when the woman is the victim of rape or incest. Uh, under those laws, a woman would have to bear her rapist child or a young girl, her father's, no matter if doing so will destroy her life. Uh, so, too, after today's ruling, some states may compel women 
to carry to term a fetus with severe physical abnormalities, for example, one affected with Tay-Sachs disease, sure to die within a few years of birth. States may even argue that a prohibition on abortion may need make no provision to protect a woman from risk of death and physical harm. Across a vast array of circumstances, a state uh, will be able to impose its moral choice on a woman and coerce her to give birth for a child. As Demonok said, basically the state is raping women uh, by forcing them to gestate the term. Um, Enforcement of all these draconian restrictions will also be left largely to the state's devices. The state can, of course, impose criminal penalties on abortion providers, including lengthy prison sentences. Some states will not stop there. Perhaps in the wake of today's decision, the state law will criminalize the woman's conduct too, incarcerating or fining her for daring to seek unobtained uh, an abortion. As Texas has recently shown, a state can turn neighbor against neighbor, enlisting fellow citizens in the effort to root out anyone who tries to get an abortion or to assist another in doing so. The majority tries to hide the geographically expansive effects of its holdings. Today's decision, the majority says, permits each state to address abortion as it pleases. That is cold comfort, of course, of the poor woman who cannot get the money to fly to a distant state for the procedure. Above all others, women lacking financial resources will suffer from today's decision. In any event, interstate restrictions will also soon be in the offing. After this decision, some states may ball block women from traveling out of state to obtain abortions or even from receiving abortion medications from out of state. Some may criminalize efforts, including the provision of information or funding to help women gain access to other states' abortion services. Most threatening of all, no language in today's decision stops the federal government from prohibiting abortions nationwide, once again, from the moment of conception and without exceptions for rape or incest. If that happens, the views of an individual state citizens will not matter. The challenge uh, for a woman will be to finance a trip not to New York, California, but to Toronto. Um, Whenever, whenever, and citing Kavanaugh's concurrence, uh, whatever the exact scope of the coming laws, one's result of decision today is certain. The curtailment of women's rights and of their status as free, as free and equal citizens. Yesterday, the Constitution guaranteed that a woman confronted with an unplanned pregnancy could, within reasonable limits, make her own decision whether to bear child with all life-transforming life consequences that the act involves and in thus safeguarding each woman's reproductive freedom. The Constitution has also protected the ability of women to participate equally in this nation's economic and social life from Casey, but no longer. As of today, uh, this court holds a state can always force a woman to give birth, prohibiting even the earliest abortions. A state can just transform what we freely, what, when freely undertaken is a wonder into what, when forced, may be a nightmare. Some women, especially women of means, will find ways around the state's assertion of power, Others, those without money or childcare or the ability to take time off from work, will not be so fortunate. Maybe they will try an unsafe method of abortion to come to physical harm or even die. Many, maybe they will undergo pregnancy and then have a child, but at significant uh, personal or familiar cost. At the least, they will incur the cost of losing control of their lives. The Constitution will, today's majority hold, provide no shield against the guarantees of liberty and equality for all. And no one should be confident that this majority has done, is done with its work. The right to Roe and Casey recognized did not stand alone. To the contrary, the court has linked it for decades to other settled freedoms involving bodily integrity, familiar relationships and procreation. The most obviously the rights to terminate a pregnancy arose straight out of the right to purchase and use contraception from Griswold and Eisenstadt. In turn, those rights led more recently to the same rights of same-sex intimacy and marriage in Lawrence and Elbridgebell. 
They are all part of the same constitutional fabric, protecting autonomous decision-making over the most personal of life decisions. The majority, or to be most accurate, most of it is eager to tell us today that nothing it does casts doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. Uh, um, looking at Thomas's concurring opinion, uh, but how could that be? The lone rationale for what the majority does today is that the right to elect an abortion is not, quote, deeply rooted in history, end quote. Not until Roe, the majority argues, did people think abortion fell within the Constitution's guarantee of liberty. The same could be said about most of the rights the majority claims it's not tampering with. The majority could write just as long of opinion showing, for example, that until the mid-20th century, there was no support in American law for a constitutional right to obtain contraceptives. So one of two things must be true. Either the majority does not really believe in its own reasoning, or if it does, uh, all rights have, that have no history stretching back to the mid-19th century are insecure. Either the mass of the majority's opinion is hypocrisy or additional constitutional rights are under threat. It's one or the other. And it's, well, I think it's probably both because, A, as Nimbus Yosh says, hypocrisy is a conservatism prerequisite. But, B, I do also believe that additional constitutional rights are also under threat. So it's both. They're hypocrites and they're under threat. Um, one piece of evidence on that score, especially salient, the majority's cavalier approach to overturning this course precedence. Stare decisis is the Latin phrase for a foundation stone of rule of law. The things decided should stay decided unless there's very good reason to change. It is a doctrine of judicial modesty and humility. Those qualities are not evident in today's opinion. The majority has no good reason for the upheaval in law and society it sets off. Roe and Casey have been the law of the land for decades, shaping women's expectations of their choices. When an unplanned pregnancy occurs, women have relied on the availability of abortion, both in structuring their relationships and planning their lives. And that's true. And look, again, I say, I'm reading it verbatim, so it's, it's been taking a very gendered approach as opposed to how I would have written it if I was writing this. Um, that's also a little bit of an appeal to tradition right there. So if I'm going to be fair and well, not balanced, but if I'm going to be fair in my criticisms of appeals to tradition, that is also an appeal to tradition. The read that row that row has been the law of the land for 50 years isn't justification in and of itself to keep it legal. It's the justification to keep it legal is people should have the right to have autonomy over their own body, regardless of how long that law has been in place. So if you have you, if you don't have the right to, to control your own body, that's slavery. That's you know, and people force medical procedures on you. That's what they like, what, what conservatives called, you know, the taking of vaccines, medical rape, even though there is no everybody holding anybody down, forcing you to take a vaccine. That's another part of the hypocrisy of these so-called pro-lifers, that they will tell other people what they can do with their bodies, but God forbid you hear them talk anything about, you, you tell them that they have to put on a mask or will take a vaccine. That's hard. That's a, that's, a, that's a horrible thing to tell them. Um, back to the ruling. Um, let's see. Casey is a precedent about precedent, it, which a lot of people describe Casey as super precedent, which I guess is now thrown out the window as well. I guess um, Donald Trump was super precedent's kryptonite. Uh, it reviewed some of those arguments made here in supporting Roe, found that doing so was not warranted. The court reversed its course today for one reason and one reason only, because the composition of the court has changed. Sarah decisis, this court has often said, contributes to the actual and perceived integrity of the judicial process by ensuring that decisions are founded in law rather than in the proclivities of individuals. Today is the proclivities of individuals rule. The court departs from its obligation to faithfully and impartially apply the law we defend. So that, that's, that's just the beginning of the ruling that I just read out. So 
Um, let's see. Aaron says, yikes, Louisiana. Well, I guess what about the fact that Louisiana has banned all abortions with the exception? I mean, there is a health and, and there's a health and life exception. Um, is there a rape exception in the Louisiana law? Uh, let me let me double check that just to make sure. So I say it really. Uh, exceptions. I know there's a life and health exception. According <clears throat> to the Louisiana Illuminator, um, Louisiana Health Department tells abortion clinics that the state abortion ban is in effect. Louisiana automatically banned almost all abortion in the state after the Supreme Court overturned its landmark Roe versus Wade decision. Uh, state's three abortion clinics, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and Shreveport, stopped administering abortions within hours of the court's decision. We are suspending performing abortions as we decide our next steps legally. Uh, Let's see. Louisiana rolled trigger law was supposed to immediately outlaw almost all abortions if, if the Supreme Court overruled Roe versus Wade. Let's, let's click on that one. But where is it? Louisiana governor's lawmakers ratcheted up restrictions on abortions. In Louisiana, the state mandated period for most abortions also jumped uh, in the middle of May from to 72 hours, but that's not this one. Uh, signed an all an updated version of Louisiana's trigger law that is supposed to be immediately banned abortion. Uh, the new statute pushed by anti-abortion advocates intended to clarify and consolidate dozens of abortion restrictions over the decades. Abortion would only be legal if the pregnant woman's life is in danger from physical illness or she would otherwise sustain permanent uh, impairment of a life-sustaining organ. It would also be permitted for pregnancies that would result in a child expected to die immediately after birth. In those cases, two physicians would have to agree that the pregnancy is futile. Abortion services could also be used to resolve a miscarriage or to deal with an ectomic pregnancy, a dangerous condition that would not result in the birth of a child anyway. Um, if the ban took effect, when the ban had suicidal thoughts or another mental illness could not be used to justify abortions, uh, a pregnancy that results from rape and incest would also not be eligible. Uh, those who provide illegal abortions, including medication that induces abortion, could face up to 10 years in prison and a $100,000 fine. So that's the law in Louisiana today. And that law was signed by a Democrat because John Bell Edwards is pro-life. Quote, pro-life. And he'll say the thing... Pro-life doesn't just mean, or we have to do with all the other stuff, but he signed this law. Screw you for that, Edwards. Now, would I rather Edwards over Rispone or Edwards over Vitter? Yes, because, yes, Vitter, uh, Rispone, even more, uh. but it, it makes me very hard to be supportive of the governor. I mean, he's term limited, so he can't run again. Uh, I don't know if he's planning a Senate run or something to challenge uh, Cassidy or Kennedy. I mean, he's not challenging Kennedy because there's two others challenging him. Maybe he's trying to challenge Cassidy at some point. I don't know. But Louisiana's laws are fairly draconian at this point. There's no, it's the moment you're, you're implanted, done. You can't get an abortion unless it's going to threaten your life or threaten your health and a serious permanent impairment of a life sustaining organ. So I guess if it's not a serious impairment of the life sustaining organ, if it's only partial impairment, or temporary impairment is that is that that makes it you you have to suffer through it. So the, basically, the state is determining how much stuff you have to suffer through, and if, if there could there's there's a point where the suffering becomes too much for the state, and the state goes, okay, you can have your abortion now, peasants. But other cases, they might be like, you know, it's not suffering enough, so you'll have to just suffer. 
screw you, anybody who can get pregnant. Signed, the state of Louisiana. Uh, as me and my wife have said, we're very happy we don't have children that can give birth. Simple as that. You know, as she, she basically said, if we had those, we'd have moved. And it's tough. And it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, that you want to move because if you move and you move away, that makes it so that other people can't be helped by you. That's the only problem with the moving is that you're, you're giving, you're, you're, you're moving yourself, but the other people are harmed that you're now, because there's now less of them. So. Yes, Louisiana was a trigger law. Um, that looks like I kicked out for a CCD for among many things trying to prove Jesus was a vampire. Isn't he a lich? Isn't, isn't that the correct one? Um, let's see. No, Yosh may have that answer for me, despite his proclamation that we're both nerds. You're a nerd too. Right? Absolutely. Cooler. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was oh. typing in the thing and replying. I forgot I had the microphone on. Yeah, no, <laughs> cried blood, walks on water. Uh, but specifically, you drink his blood to gain eternal life. Right. That is very specifically vampire. Fair enough. But, yeah, I've always – the first time as uh, somebody raised Jewish that I heard about the whole you're eating the body and the blood of Christ, I'm like, is that cannibalism? What? Seems weird. Uh, seemed odd to me. There's no such ritualistic okay, eating of symbolic tears. According to Jew, and here's the thing. Here's another reason why I don't think there's a such thing as Judeo-Christian is because if you're going to eat meat, uh, if you have to eat meat in Judaism, it has to have no blood. You can't. The, the animal has to be completely drained of all of its blood. You're not allowed to drink blood under Jewish law. So then, how can Christianity come from it if you're not allowed? If, if the drinking of blood in Jewish law is prohibited. It's, it, Let alone, it's, it's DC versus Marvel, bro. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is DC wins every time. A, a great, a great religious awakening for me was realizing that when people argue about religion, they do it in the exact same way that they argue about can Superman beat Thor? That my, my daddy can beat is. your daddy. And yeah, my my fairy tale sky daddy can beat your fairy tale sky daddy. And I'm sorry oh, for all, all my religious friends out there, but I'm an atheist. You know, what's I, I God like going to do? Say, though, in, Damn me to hell? In reality, my daddy could probably beat all your old daddies because my dad is a federal employee with a license to kill, fully trained in every single automatic weapon there is. That's right, he works for the USPS. Yeah. <laughs> You probably beat mine. Mine, mine is a Prince cover band. So, see, mine, my, my dad was just worked. My, mine just was retired, but he worked for Social Security. So, my dad's probably hotter than your dad's, but I don't think he can throw hands. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think yeah, my dad I, can throw hands either. I don't know how I look as gorgeous as I do because I, I've seen both my parents. I mean, I look like John Stamos saw his reflection. And had sex with it, and a baby happened, and that's me. And, and but you look at my parents, and, and I don't know where it come from. And I too am extraordinarily humble. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm so humble that I wrote a book about it. <laughs> You're so vain. It's probably you probably uh, think the song was about you, right? 
Yes. To address uh, Aaron West saying vampires sure can cross water, I didn't see the person who was saying that they couldn't, but it actually really does depend upon the myth. There are many species right. where uh, vampires are non-corporeal, and therefore they can't cross water, but most of them can, uh, depending upon – I mean there's the sewer-dwelling type, uh, the original Nosferatu, which absolutely, because the sewers are nothing but water, um, but you're – I'm sorry. I, I've got a whole entire book on like – hundreds of types of vampires and different mythologies and all that stuff. I'll shut up now. Let's see. Uh, let's see. West Webb. Liches are in Dungeons and Dragons. Well, should I say liches ain't shit but hoes and tricks? <laughs> wow. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to finish that lyric. Uh, I, no, no. no. I, I, I don't want you to. I, that's why I didn't either. Um, this, this, this is the perfect format for that conservative joke that I, I did tell that I got from Reddit. Um, but Dungeons and Dragons. Why do conservatives fail at Dungeons and Dragons? And why does SCOTUS fail at Dungeons and Dragons? Because they always fail their constitution checks. Exactly. Mm. Every time. Uh, wrote this comment, and the first thing I read was the Jews, and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, the Jews who own oh, Peter no. Luger's Steakhouse in, in Brooklyn, New York, can't eat there. And so I'm like, okay, that's a factual statement. Sure, I, I'll, I'll take that. You know, with, I mean... Yeah, the Jews Jews who own a restaurant that can't eat at their own restaurant because it doesn't keep kosher. You know, fine. That's fine. Uh, to answer uh, Bill P's question on if vampires can't cross water, how do they get to America? Uh, sorry to interrupt again, but I- I'm seeing my specialty of nerdum. It depends, again, <laughs> upon the type of vampire. So some kinds of vampire, as long as they have the soil of their homeland, they can travel anywhere. They need to sleep in a coffin with their soil, but then that coffin can be transported. But the type of vampire, which is the energy sink type, where the co- the corpse just never ages inside the coffin in the ground, it's the spirit of the dead person that comes in and siphons life out of the others. That's basically almost with the same limitations of a haunting, where it is very concrete, stuck to that area. Any kind of vampire like that is uh, stuck to a location. They cannot cross water, so to speak. But uh, Nosferatu have no such limitations. Uh, your traditional Bram Stoker style, uh, style you know, humanoid-looking vampire, that's that whole dirt in the coffin. You get dirt in the coffin, that's why you can cross. And that's why what we do in the shadows, season four, is going to kick royal butt. And that's why we need to form Voltron on the nerdy tip instead of when things get real serious. Yeah, so we need to have nerdy Voltron form soon. The needs us to be yes, like, but, their relief. Yes. But so, so the first form of vampire is kind of like Jack Sparrow because it has a jar of dirt. Basically, yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, that's actually a very modern type too. The whole thing about vampires looking human and attractive and seductive—that is a hundred percent like uh, early twentieth century, late nineteenth century, whenever the heck Bram Stoker wrote that, um, and it's built on since there. I mean, Stephanie Meyer didn't ruin vampires by making them sparkly. Into with bad writing, but hey, kudos <laughs> to her for all that money. Um, the whole idea of vampires being seductive and sexy, that's that's new. They were always kind of hideous, horrifying creatures. I mean, if you think of a, a, a vampire as basically a male succubus, so they're an incubus in almost all senses of, the, of that kind. They were always more like an incubus. So they might appear attractive briefly, but underneath they're hideous and grotesque. In fact, even Bram Stoker's Dracula, you see who his real form is, it's grotesque, but then you get interview with a vampire and suddenly they're all sexy and all that stuff. Not going to complain about Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt looking good looking in uh, some vampire garb, but yeah, sorry. I digress again. This has nothing to do with topic, <laughs> but... That's fine. I mean, we're getting towards the end of the show yeah, anyway. We're, or, or, 
we're getting towards the end of the time where I'm allowed to use the blog talk radio, at least. I mean, we could probably talk, continue on without the phone calls, but you didn't have to just chat in the chat room because uh, I haven't quite oh, figured no, out no. the whole. At about midnight, uh, I got I got a date with uh, Umbrella Academy season three, episode three. Hashtag no spoilers. <laughs> and currently in uh, West Bank Noisy Neighbors, they're like, there's a bunch of drama that involves me, and I'm going to be swinging my band hammer so nice. hard. <laughs> like swinging the Mjolnir of 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 the of the forums. I'm I'm putting teeth to back of throats when I get off of here because they specifically said, "Oh wait, wait, Don's on a Don's doing a podcast. Let's talk about his mother." Yeah, it, it, it's time. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I need to get my uh, belt. I'm, I'm going to talk about your mother right now. I'm going to say, your mother sounds awesome from everything you said, and I would sure like to try hook cooking one day. I mean, you know, she popped me out, so there's got to be some awesome there somewhere. True. Exactly. exactly. Let's see. Let's just briefly, let's look over here. The first problem with the majority's account comes from Justice Thomas's concurrence, which is clear he's not with the program. Pretty much, they should basically just saying. The, the, Justice Thomas said the quiet part out loud, as as we've said before. I was going to say something about what we were last talking about, the nerd topic, and then just completely left my brain. And I'll probably remember it at about 11.02 Eastern time. Um, I mean, I, I love it when my enemies are, like, stupid, loud, and easy to find. And that's what Clarence Thomas is. He's, he's, I don't know about the easy to find part because I don't know where he lives at. But he's right. definitely stupid and loud. Because right. yeah, he just he just told on himself. He he showed us the he showed us the playbook. He showed us what they're going to do in the future, so now we can prepare. You know the the oh, main reason why can the, the main reason why conservatives. Are you okay? You straight? You said play playbook. I thought you said playboy. I was very confused. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, we were talking about porn earlier, too, so. Right. But what I was saying was the dude gave us time to prepare. You know what I'm saying? And the main reason conservatives were so pissed off about, you know, the leak, it wasn't for the fact that, you know, it was a terrible decision on the Supreme Court's part. It was the fact that, you know, somebody leaked what happened. You know what I'm saying? And they right. leaked. They basically leaked the playbook. They they leaked it early. A lot of us had some time to prepare what we're going to say, how we're going to say it, so on and so forth. Um, hopefully, there's politicians that's preparing or, or prepared for today. You know what I'm saying? To take things in the correct direction, or at the very least, even though I'm slightly against this, or at the very least, use this to further their political careers. Because if I was a politician, like um, what's his name, uh, Gary Chambers Jr., you know what I'm saying? It, if if I was a politician, I'd be exactly like him. Um, if I was, I want to have Gary him on the show. And when he, right when he, there was apparently some time where there was a meeting where he, where they were trying to name a new building after Robert E. Lee, and he just mm-hmm. went off. And I was just, and some some of the one of the persons who was on the thing was. Shop it on Amazon or something while people were oh, talking yeah, about yeah, it. That's a uh, that's that's when he, he went to like the school board or whatever. It's like I was gonna I was gonna talk about how racist Robert E. Lee is, but I'm gonna talk about you, Connie. And then right. goes off on Connie. And Connie got Connie got Connie couldn't handle it. Connie left. 
and she dipped. She, she got up and left. Yes. Get 100% if I was a politician or if I'm ever a politician, I'm going to be a politician like Gary Chambers Jr. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm going to be like. But if I was a politician, this ruling that just came down, you know what I'm saying, this whole, you know, Roe v. Wade is unconstitutional or whatever, that would be one of my biggest rallying cries. Oh, you're not going to what, – what month is this, June? You're not going to forget this in November, you know what I'm saying, because you're going to learn if – you were affected by this ruling. You are protect, uh, potentially affected by this ruling. If you ever let another Republican into office and they haven't changed their platforms, they're going to go further. And I would hammer that home every day, all the time. I'm not going to be playing uh, patty cake like corporate Democrats. No, you will know if you keep letting this happen, it's going to get worse. Over and over and over. If I was a politician, if I was a politician, I'd be wearing this. Uh, what is? It? I'd be wearing this this uh, Supreme Court decision on a shirt, and right. letting everybody know. You know, th- this is what's going to happen if you keep being complacent. If you if you keep voting for these idiots, and if you don't do anything within the system, because eventually, you're not going to have a system that you'll be able to participate in. Exactly. Well, let me just read the last part. The last part of the of the dissent, because we only have five minutes left. Last part of the dissent. The last line: "With sorrow for this court, but more for the many millions of American women who have today lost the fundamental constitutional protection, we dissent." That should be on a shirt too. But and I don't have the time to go over this. But in response to the to the myriad of laws, I guess that Alito put in his appendices. Uh, about you know where you know, how we've banned abortion in the past, our states never had that tradition of banning abortion, um, as if it's an appeals tradition. The uh, appendix to their dissent uh, from Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan basically uh, it says this appendix analyzes in full each of the 28 cases the majority says support today's decision to overrule Roe v. Wade and Planned, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, as explained in the court. In each case, relied on a traditional various decisive factors in, over, in overruling. Uh, so basically they're going over all of these examples of um, that these cases, I guess, support the decision to overrule. And I guess they, they expand on why. Uh, maybe I might have to do another video on that just to uh, <clears throat> just do that. I mean, my, people are actually joining the Discord. I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to actually use the Discord. <laughs> it's kind of been just sitting there and I'm gonna have to use the Discord from now on. I'll just have to update. I feel uh, like that's gonna be a, a good alternative to using Twitter for the Percy Podcast. Is if I make a Discord uh, and have people talk on there. And currently, the only way to join the Discord, unless I give you special permission to come in, is to be a member of the Liberal Dan Radio pa- Patreon. Be a supporter of Liberal Dan Radio via Patreon. That will grant you admission to the, the Discord. So. Go ahead and do that. You know what you do? Um, you, uh, but, you, you, you have your Discord, right? But then you right. have the special rooms for the, the Patreon supporters. Right. Yeah, I, I, like I know I can do that too. Own, but as of right own. now, since I haven't messed with Patreon, I haven't messed with Discord all that much and haven't, haven't set up. Like I've seen some fancy-ass Patreon, uh, fancy-ass Discords with all sorts of you know bots and rooms and everything. I'll have to look into how to do that mm-hmm. better. Uh, but, yeah, you should, I'm going to – You do the porno ones, I'm in. They're like my favorite. 
should I know? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to talk about mm-hmm. that in private if, if, if they if they agree <laughs> with my with my special set of of, of interests if they're relevant to my interests or not. Uh, we got uh, we are about to hear the British voice say ninety seconds left. So um, anything last. Again, remind everybody how they can see or how they can find you, Yosh, and Devinox real quick. Uh, currently, the easiest way is just xdeminox on Twitter, the letter X-D-E-M-I-N-O-X. I will have updates on when I get my podcast kind of rebranded and my website rolling and all that crap there. So xdeminox on Twitter. And Yosh? All right. Currently, uh, I'm on hiatus as far as the uh, as as far as my podcast is concerned. If you want to get in touch with me, the, the quickest way to do it that I can think of right now, go on the Liberal Dan Discord. I'm on there. All right. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Holla at me Join on me. there. But if you really want to get with me, the Percy Podcast was the Percy Podcast uh, at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. Finally, we can form Voltron again, and hopefully we'll do it much sooner the next time. But this is the end of this special Absolutely. episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. I'll be back on Wednesday with special guest Hal Sparks coming in at the end of the month as he has been part two. So make sure to join us there as well. Uh, Rick, if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to the channel, like the video, like other videos, share them around. This is the best way to get the first thread about the plant radio. Uh, become a little bit radio patron, patreon.com, that's what the band, or buy me a spider, and I come and switch the time to the center button. Well, next time, the band radio. Off to the left, that's right.